Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, today Rado runs through his top 10 all things pandemic, which is a very special and important uh, top 10 for me because pandemic is the game that brought me and my wife Jen into the board gaming hobby when we stumbled across it by accident many, many years ago. And it's still one of, if not my favorite modern designer board game of all time. I love it. I've played everything there is out there with the exception of Pandemic Contagion. I have not touched that one, I have to admit. But uh, I've loved almost everything, and today I'm going to be counting down my 10 favorite things. And you might think, oh, he's going to talk down, um, you know, expansions and spinoffs. Not really. I'm going to count down my top 10 favorite mechanisms within all of Pandemic, or I should say, all of the offshoots of Pandemic. Your states of emergency, your ends the labs, your legacies and all of that. I made a list of whatever it is. It's over 20 different mechanisms that have been added to Pandemic over the years through all of these different means. And I have ranked them. I am ready to count down. And this is going to be a lot of fun for me because it was a really fun exercise to not think in terms of just, oh, what's in the box, but rather... You know, within the box, you know, breaking them down, what is the things that really enhance the core game that is already near perfection? I had a fun time doing it, and don't worry, if you're perhaps not quite the pandemic aficionado I am, um, after I'm done with that wacky top 10, I will continue, uh, this is going to be an extra long video, with the top 10 just actually counting down the spin-offs and legacies and expansions. So that will come second. And in fact, if you just want to jump right to that, you can... Uh, there's a link down in the show notes. But, oh man, I had so much fun trying to co contrast and compare all these different mechanisms, finding um, you know places where they kind of overlapped and figuring out well, what was the best version of this out of the other. And I'm very excited to talk to you about it. But... I am not alone. Hey, everybody, be, uh, give a big Rotto runs through, um, uh, uh, I can't think of the word. A big a warm welcome to Lizzie Tabor of Long Distance Gavers. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Rotto. How are you? I am fine. Thank you for waiting through that um, four-minute intro where I just blathered on. Uh, please forgive me in advance if I tend to blather on because I just love talking about pandemic. And that's why I'm so happy for you to be here. Because for folks who don't know, I call Liz Tabor the queen of pandemic. Um, shall I tell the story or do you want to? You can go ahead. All right. Well, Pandemic had a wonderful 10th anniversary edition, um, whatever it was, last year? Two years ago, I guess? And, uh, 2019. Yep, 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 2019. She even knows the release years. Look at her. She is an amazing font of pandemic wisdom and knowledge. But anyway, um, so the 10th anniversary came out. Everybody covered it. I covered it. Um, you know, And there were definitely thoughts about it. But here's the thing. It wasn't until Z Garcia of the Dice Tower covered it and said, hey, what's with... Uh, there's a, an entire missing link between two Far East cities. This is ridiculous. This is an outrage. And I thought at the time, oh my gosh, Z knows pandemic so much better than I do because I didn't notice that. And the publisher didn't notice that. And Matt Leacock, the designer, didn't notice that. Z must be the king of pandemic. But then I discovered it wasn't Z. 
It was Liz. That's why she is the queen. Because she told Z about it. And then Z is the one who reported it to the world. So, I... I and I, I was talking before we started recording. I was amazed. Nobody noticed that. I mean, in all of the testing it went through, and you know, all the production meetings and all that. That that, that what, what two cities was it that were missing? Uh, Ho Chi Minh and Bangkok. She even remembers the two cities, and you just noticed it while you were playing because you know the game that well. Yes, I was playing it. I went to move treat, move treat, and I couldn't move treat. <laughs> so I thought I must be crazy. So I pulled out my old board. And check the connection, and it for sure was there. But all the other ones are good. Yes, okay, yeah, very important. And for folks who do, who did get the 10th anniversary, and this is news to you, wait a minute, my board's broken? You can actually get um, a very nice little sticker. Uh, I did a video for it. Hit that eye in the top right corner screen. You can watch me applying my sticker to fix my 10th anniversary. I don't know if you ever got yours fixed, or if you like living with your variant yes. board. <laughs> no, I prefer to have the original yeah. connection. But here's the deal. As far as I'm concerned, you know Pandemic better than Matt Leacock knows Pandemic. So, you are the queen of Pandemic. Um, I don't know about that. That's going real far. Uh, I don't know. Is he here? I mean, if he were here, if he were the king, wouldn't he be in this video? Actually, man, now that I think about it, I should have asked him. That would have been awesome, a three-way. Because uh, what what are Matt Leacock's favorites? But regardless, that will be a subject for another day. Matt, if you're watching this, leave a comments down in the show notes. What are your top ten yes. favorite mechanisms? And everybody, of course, please do that. But um, today it's me and Lizzie. So um, I did my best shot at trying to look through all of the expansions and the the uh, the spinoff games and identify. Every time there was a new mechanism, I sent it to Liz and said, okay, this is the list. Is this right? And she replied saying, nope, you missed this one and this one and this one and this one. So once again, um, she uh, she saved me from myself. That was great. And so then we both worked from uh, the same common list of uh, mechanisms within these expansions and spinoffs. And we have our favorite 10. So you have your list at the ready. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, old school analog. I've got mine open up in Notepad as a text file over there. And without further ado, are you ready to go? I am ready. Okay. Then uh, let me go on ahead and jump over here. That's the one. Yep. <clears throat> and we'll start. Uh, you want to go first or shall I go first? I'll let you. And then you can have the final word with the number one so we could swap for that one. Well, you want me to swap midway through? That's a recipe for disaster. It'll all fall apart. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Well, then, do you want the first word or the last word? Uh, let's see. Uh, what, what, looking at my last one, looking at my number one, do I want to start strong or end weird? Uh, <laughs> I, I'll be the last one. So you go first. You go first. Tell me, uh, Elizabeth okay. Tabor, what is your tenth favorite uh, expansion spinoff <laughs> mechanism for Pandemic? Uh, it comes from Fall of Rome. Okay. It is the solitaire variant. Mm, okay. So before it was a difference and Fall of Rome made it so that you had one hand controlling three people yep. and then just the sideboard that was really cool that you could put things in and out of. And it was just a really unique way of dealing with the solitaire play. It is. I, I completely agree. Uh, there's two official solitaire versions, this one and then the one that was, I think, in the lab, right? Yeah, the CDC. Yeah, the, the CDC, you have a special little card that helps you out. Um, I don't know. I was about to ask which one do you like better, but that might be giving up your list a little bit later. So maybe we shouldn't, because we literally have no idea what's coming. But, um, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you, which one do you prefer? 
The solitaire in Rome. The solitaire in Rome. So that means uh, we will not be seeing in the lab solitaire version. Well, why? Um, what, how do you compare and contrast the two? Uh, I played the CDC variants a few yeah. times. I just didn't really like it. I liked having multiple players. Okay. And so whenever I would play solitaire before Fall of Rome, I would just control two to three players oh, so you, and just have yeah. the hands open. Yeah. You said, to heck with you, Tom Lehman, and your weird little um, CDC thing. I think it was Tom's design, not Matt's. Uh, you would just play multiple hands. And this is, uh, you're right. It is a great way to do it. My issue with it is, and I think it's brilliant. I think you're right. I think it is probably the stronger overall design. But it does kind of pull you back. You're no longer somebody in the world. You're kind of a general telling people what to do kind of a thing. And that's always, um, you know, kind of an issue for me. But I do think it's really brilliantly done. Have you ever used it? Have you ever retroactively applied it to regular pandemic? Does it work there? Yeah. Not as really? well. It has... Yeah, it seemed, it's a little bit too overpowered oh. in original pandemic, I've noticed. I win a little bit too easily. Right. I mean, but you could just increase the difficulty to offset that, presumably. Or do you already yeah, play at I nightmare mean, levels all the time anyway? <laughs> I uh, generally will play with uh, some the Virulent Strain and the Emergency Events. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So that is generally how I will play the base pandemic. <laughs> well, I, I, that's one thing I've been curious for quite a while, if it would work. And you're saying it does work. But it all, but it also you you need to counteract it because it makes you more powerful. Whereas obviously it's part and parcel of of, of Rome. So that's your number ten, uh, the Fall of Rome solo variant, which is I completely agree. It's excellent. It's how I actually filmed it when I did my run through, which is what everybody's been looking at on screen this whole time. Me actually playing that, and uh, it's a good number ten. Good number ten. Would you like to know my number ten? Well, thank you. Of all course. Right. Well, my number 10 actually surprised me. Um, when I set out to make this list and quantify all of them, I thought the lab from In the Lab was going to make it much higher. But it comes in at number 10. And only barely, because my number 11 almost kicked it out of the top 10 altogether, but I couldn't at the end. And um, I know you know In the Lab. I don't have to preface saying, I don't, I don't know if you played In the Lab. Of course you have. You <laughs> probably know it better than I do. Originally, I thought... I was so in love with In the Lab. It was my instant, overnight favorite way to play Pandemic because it adds this whole extra board and it doubles the complexity of the game easily because now it's not just a matter of collecting the cards, going to the right place and turning them into Cure. Now you have to actually do a lot of work with those cards to actually go through all these very specific steps that are modeled after the reality of trying to you know create cures for these kinds of outbreaks. Um, you, know, you have to sequence things. And I remember what all the stages were. There's four different stages. And so it adds this extra level of complexity and depth, makes the game bigger and heavier. And that's why I loved it. Um, and the other reason I love it is because it really accentuates cooperation between players. Because if you and I are just playing regular Pandemic, hey, once you've got four red cards, well, okay, it's all about getting you that fifth red card. I'm really not involved, um, you know, and, and you're kind of like carrying the football. But in, in the lab, there are all these different steps, and so players can, okay, I did the first step, now you do the second step and the third step, and I'll, I'll you know, take it across the finish line. So I really like that too. But the more I thought about it, um, there... It, it does really change the feel of Pandemic, um, you know, and, and you know, more so than anything else out there. It is, I, I would, I would argue, the heaviest, most complex thing you can do. And you know, Pandemic does lose some of its immediacy and its urgency. And so I think, with the benefit of hindsight, think about it a little bit more. Well, I mean, as it happens, there were just nine things I like more, but I really do still like the lab. And what do you think? I like it. It's 
spoiler alert, not Whoa, on my list. Okay, well, I'm really glad it made it on the list because it deserves to be on somebody's list. It is definitely a very good innovation. It's just that it doesn't feel pandemic to me anymore. Yeah, that's it, entirely right. It feels very thematic for what you're trying to do in pandemic, but it also doesn't feel like what you normally do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it strips sense. half of the game out and replaces it with this completely new mini game that's all literally off to the side. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it messes with the purity of pandemic for you, you're saying. Yeah. That's a totally understandable, and I'm sure you're not alone in that. It is, it, it, you know, it, it is a deep pool to dive into. Um, so for you, it's kind of, oh, well, that's kind of a nice variation, but it, you know, it doesn't speak to you. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll play it if someone really wants to play it. I mean, whoever would turn down a game of Pandemic yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's like pizza. There's no such thing as bad Pandemic. Exactly. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, okay. Well, so far, we are 0 for 2 in terms of overlap. <laughs> Uh, hopefully, we'll turn this around. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a very long video. Uh, but anyway, so what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is the Sanity or Insane Investigators from uh, Rain Cthulhu. Of Cthulhu. Yes. Yeah, which I really like it because you're just dwindling down. You start off really strong, and you're really worried about hitting that bottom cap. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know if you have the promos from the board game Geek no, I Store. Do not. Uh, they come with health ones for normal pandemic, so it's kind of bringing that oh, in wow. to a variance of pandemic, which I thought was a cool twist on it as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, so that's why yeah. I like it. It's just that I think it's great push and pull. I, I mean, I'll go one step further. It is my number eleven. It almost pushed in. It almost knocked Labs out. I think it's fantastic. It's so thematic. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like a, an alternate to what uh, you know Leacock and Davio did in. Uh, uh, in the legacy games with the scars, because it's like, oh, if you get hit, yeah. um, well, you're literally gonna. It's you flip your card over, and oh, your old power's gone. Now you've got this other thing that you've got to deal with, and I mean, and it's it's you know it was there. You always know it's a danger, and it's a decision you have to make. Okay, well, you know what? I'll take the hit. I will go insane because I'm in the place. I have to finish what I'm doing, and I can see the hits coming. And now the game has radically changed. And I do think it's wonderful and thematic and brilliant. Uh, Reign of Cthulhu is far from my favorite of the pandemics, but it is one of my favorite mechanisms. Um, yeah, and I would love to see that. You know, man, maybe this is a list of what mechanisms do I most want to see put into the base game of Pandemic? Maybe that's what this is. I don't know. I never really thought about it. Um, Oh, by the way, I briefly mentioned Scars in Legacy. I don't think I said this up front, did I, um, Liz? That we will not be talking about Legacy 0, 1, or 2 today because we didn't want to do spoilers and um, because, spoiler alert, Liz hasn't finished 0 yet. So Yeah, I had to give Brado my yep, crown yep, today. Yep. But she immediately took it back by pointing out, oh, I've got all these promos that you don't have. So I, I, I and, and again, she was the only one in the world who noticed the uh, 10th anniversary goof. So I think she still gets to wear the crown. So but yeah, I mean, that is strong. You like them that much. Um, yeah, I just, I really like that, that just that push and pull that it makes it, it changes it to the point that you aren't playing the normal same power throughout the entire yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Excellent. Excellent choice. And we almost had overlap, but we failed. All right, so that is your number nine, um, the, the, the sanity, uh, the char character and sanity from Reign of Cthulhu. Well, my number nine is also from Reign of Cthulhu. It's, it's oh. the Shogoths. And I should say, 
I have no great deep abiding love of Cthulhu mythos or any of that stuff. You know, that's beside the point. What I love about the Shogoths is they are alive. They are a mobile threat that I can see, oh, you know what? In three rounds, they're going to make it over there to that portal, and that's going to trigger a ritual. And it's a, it, it is dangerous to go toe-to-toe with them. I mean, sure, it's kind of... You, know, you can be worried in a regular game of Pandemic that, oh my gosh, there's two cities right next to each other. These have three cubes, and I know one of them hasn't been drawn yet. That's scary. But going into a space with a big, scary monster that you have to pretty much burn your entire turn to take out, and it will cause you to roll that Sanity die, which, for the record, I'm not a fan of the Sanity die. I'd rather the penalty for fighting them be something else. The Sanity die did not make my top ten at all. Didn't even make my, you know, it's it's way at the end. It's one of my least favorite things. But the fact that they are alive, I mean, I know the viruses are alive too, and the game mechanisms, you know, simulate that in the way that they spread, and you know, they can, you know, collide and explode and all that. But actually, seeing something real on the board moving with a prescribed way, you know, I mean, because. For me, what makes Pandemic so special is the fact that, um, you know, it it is all about deep, long-term planning. This isn't a game that's full of surprise gotchas. And so the way the Shogoths work, okay, we know how much... We can ignore them for a little bit. We've got time, but somebody's got to go over there and go into the lion's den and take that out before it triggers another... They were dark dark rituals, I think. Um, I really love it. And, uh, you know, I could imagine this being worked into regular Pandemic as well. You know, things that actually move that are real that are tangible threats that we can predict and plan around is something really wonderful. And I'm curious what you think. I agree. I don't... They uh, didn't make my list. Oh, for four. But I... (laughs) But I did really like them because they... Exactly what you were saying. And I actually kind of like the luckiness that the dice does provide. (laughs) Uh, It's just because there's a chance that you could get nothing... But you have to plan for the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So if you plan for the worst and then get the best, I kind of like that yep. aspect of it. Yeah, I always roll the worst though. <laughs> so, so you just know what to plan for, and you and you're never disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm never encouraged either. <laughs> well, okay. Um, so that was my number nine. So two hits so far. Reign of Cthulhu currently reigns as the top expansion based on. Four data points, but let's continue. What is your number eight? Yeah. Another one from Rain of wow. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> uh, this one is actually it's the old gold, old gods reveal. Mm. So whenever there's a dark ritual, those coming out, I just like how it's an unpredictable, predictable. Yeah. Um, if you know the game well enough, you know what all gods are mm-hmm. in there, so you can know. Okay, there's a something point chance that it's this god that I really hate. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm hoping it's not him. And Oh, it's not. But now I have to deal with this other issue. And it's uh, either an immediate effect or something that will change the game a tiny bit until your next cure or gate close in this scenario. Um, Or a continuous effect that will affect you for the rest of the game. And it just, it makes you feel like you're going a little bit mad. (laughs) It is certainly very... I think that's why I'm... I forget. Yeah, I think I'm okay with a, a little bit of luck in this one because it's you You are going crazy. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it so fits the story. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Are there... Ex- I mean, I forget. I think there's seven of them and they're all laid out face down. You don't know what order. But do you... I mean, are there some that are left in the box so you can never be 100% certain if Ryleth or Cthulhu is going to be in there? Yeah, so there is... Even still, there's a little bit uh, more uncertainty. 
right? Uh, yeah, there Cthulhu is always the last okay. one, but there is always uncertainty as far as what is in yeah, there. Yeah, what is in there and what order they'll be. Honestly, I like them a lot too. I mean, I, certainly that's probably the biggest consistent thing about Cthulhu. It does such a great job bringing you know the oppressive and nightmarish um, you know theme and feeling uh, to to Pandemic. And it's it's one of the most thematic ways you can play Pandemic. I pro they probably would have made my list if, as part of setup, you put them all out face up. So they become more of, okay, I know exactly what it's going to be. Yeah, we know what this one is. Fine. Let that one go because we're already prepared for it. But, oh my gosh, we can't let that one fall. If it felt a little bit more like um, the 12 months of uh, In the Year of the Dragon from Stefan Feld, where you know exactly all the bad things that are going to happen, and you're already planning from um, round one for that fifth one when it's going to hit, and, um, and you're trying to push back. Now, I think to do that, they'd all have to get like twice as nasty, so you'd really be afraid of them. Um, because because then it would be all your fault. Because you know the order of things are going to happen. Something like that. So there's just a little... I mean, they're just a little bit too random for me. Just a little bit past that. Because, um, you know, it makes the game a bit more tactical, a bit less strategic. But I totally get it. It's, it's it, They are great. Yeah, it's... I just like it because it's your... In the Cthulhu yeah. world. Yep. Although, I'm not a whole luck-driven person. Mm -hmm. So... Spoiler I'm not seeing... on our next okay. list. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm not seeing evidence of that so far. You said you like the die, and you, yeah. Um, well, okay, but that... in the Cthulhu. In, in, yeah, when you're playing Cthulhu, that means you're in the mood for that, right? Yes. Reign of Cthulhu. Okay, so that was your number eight. The uh, the what is it? The Awakenings. Right, right, right. So, um, yes. and actually, to be fair, that ranked pretty high in my just missed the list too. And they probably would have pushed in if they were all face up the whole time. Um, much like my number eight. Historical diseases from Iberia. Yep, yes. that's uh, you know that's what I'm talking about. Um, now, if I recall correctly, you'll sure. know better than me. You basically pick right. There's there's one of them for each of the four color diseases, and you could put all four yeah. of them in, and it just gives special rules and restrictions and extra things you have to deal with, and it, you know it gives them more of a thematic feel. It makes them feel more like an actual villain that's trying to thwart you. But the important thing is they're there from the get go. They are not uh, like say uh, you know a mutation. They're not just something that randomly pops up halfway through the game. There's something we know about right from the get-go and we have to plan and it becomes it makes the game have an extra level of strategic depth because sometimes we'll say okay well we know that's the way red works what is red i think red's the one where you have to pay more to get rid of the cubes than normal something like yeah, that Yeah, it takes another action yeah. oh my gosh do you know all four of them you don't know all four of them from memory I don't okay. know all four of them off the top of my head. If that makes you feel any better, I just remember that red takes more yes, work. Yes, I, I think that's why that's the one that's stuck in my head as well, is the really nasty one. But um, yeah. Black comes out more often, and then blue extends further. Oh my gosh, look, you are remembering them all from memory! <laughs> I don't... What's yellow? Oh, yellow, if you hit it, it expands out to the ones next door. <laughs> I would be surprised if Matt Leacock could have listed what all four of them were from the top of his head like that. That You are the queen. You cannot deny it. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's totally coincidental, right, that you actually have that lineup of pandemic stuff behind your head. That was just your setup anyway. You did not do that just for this video, did you? I did it just okay, for this video. Okay, you did it just for the video. All right, so it was a little bit of showmanship you were bringing to the table. All right. Um, yeah, I want to show off. Yep, 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 yep. You have a crown, too. You haven't put it on yet. I don't know if you're yeah. saving it for a special occasion. Hold on. We got to go back full screen for this. Uh, yeah. That's, that, you know, that is the... Uh, yeah, you can have it... There we go. On, but you can't really see the crownness unless it's off to the side a little bit. Is that a Burger King crown? You just... 
printed out a pandemic? Uh, no, I just cut it myself, taped it together. All right. That is the kind of dedication you get from Liz Tabor uh, of Long Distance Gamers. And that is why she is the queen of pandemic. And you are not obligated to keep that on your head for the rest. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it'll probably fall off. By, oh, it won't. Oh, there, there we go. All right. So anyway, yeah, that's why I love historical diseases. I mean... I can't imagine playing with all four, but it's it's nice. It adds a lot of variability. You know, I, I, we, I, you know, when we would play, we would just mix it up and just pick one randomly. And, oh, here's another problem we have to solve, and we have to deal with it from start to finish. And that's why I'm saying, if Awakening Rituals, even if Awakening Rituals were like, hey, you can see the first three, and then uh, you know, four, five, six, and seven are face down. Of course, you know what uh, Cthulhu is. And then when you beat, when you do one, then you flip the next one. So you even have just like a little bit. I mean, that's that's going to be kind of a recurring um, thing for me that I tend to stay away from the surprise gotcha stuff, and I'm more interested in the oh wow, here's extra stuff we have to deal with sort of things. Oh yeah, I'll have to play test it. Yeah, we'll uh, see if it will become a Rado variant. All right, I'll take that. Okay, very nice. Well, that was my number eight, Historical Diseases from Pandemic Iberia. What is your number seven? Ah, wow. Historical Diseases from Iberia. Yes, our first crossover. I don't... (laughs) And right after each other. Yeah, I don't have any kind of fireworks or ding, ding, ding prepared. I should have. Um, Okay, tell me, why are you so fond of historical diseases? It follows history a bit. Mm-hmm. It gives you a little bit of that flavor while giving it a little bit of a mix-up. I like it when there's something that adds a little bit more in the box that you get simply because sometimes it can get a little bit stale yeah. when it's just four epidemics and you're trying to find four yeah, cures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's great at the very beginning. It's great when you're just starting Pandemic, but if you've played it well over a hundred times, <laughs> that would get a little bit yeah. old. So I like it when there's more variety inside the box, and I just love the just the different diseases and how they operate. That is actually a good point too um, that I didn't mention. I, I think another thing that's great, and it's has really been true for all of the spinoffs, is how much more focused Matt and his co-design partners have been on thematic verisimilitude. You know, I mean, it, it, it is based... I mean, it, there's actually little history lessons about each of the four diseases and, you know, how they were in the Iberian Peninsula. The rules are also clear, by the way, that they know that not all four diseases were active at the exact same time. They did have to make, you know, some compromises for gameplay. But, you know, that is a recurring theme. It's certainly what Cthulhu is all about, making more of a story. I mean, because Pandemic itself is... It's fairly thematic, but it's still kind of abstracted as well. Maybe for good reason, because if it were really not abstract, it would be horrific to experience. Because if you stop to think about what those cubes represent, you know, certainly in this day and age. Um, uh, <laughs> but I mean, still, all, all the same, you know, the, the extra attention to detail, bringing history alive is another great thing about the, uh, what do you call them, the historical diseases. That was your number seven. Yeah. Yeah, and I also really like how the thematicness with it is you can never eradicate. Mm-hmm. Because they can always come back, and so you can only cure in Iberia versus that little change. Yeah. I just, I like yeah. that, which I hope that's not spoiling your list um, or anything. It may or may not. It may have spoiled your list. But it is definitely appropriate that, you know, again, it's kind of the opposite of the on-the-brink stuff where, oh, look, there's cards. Every once in a while they pop up and surprise you, but then they're gone. You move on. Whereas here, those red cubes, they've got their special rule, and it won't stop. 
It's just, you know, it, it just keeps on hounding you, um, which is really uh, more attractive to me. So that was your number seven, historical diseases. Well, I'm going to switch uh, now and say, well, my number seven, uh, in all honesty, I'm not sure it would have made the top 10 for me, but I was also taking into consideration the things my wife, Jen, really loves too. So my number seven is from State of Emergency, and it's the Hinterland Boards. Oh, yes. for someone that doesn't like dice rolling. I, I believe me, it's not the dice rolling. Uh, I mean, the dice rolling's fine. It's... I mean, it, it, it's it's fairly minor. Um, it's it's still fairly predictable. But the reason is because it literally extends the world. And, of course, I don't know what your situation is for playing Pandemic from your first entry. Apparently, you play solo a fair bit. Uh, of course, these days, that's understandable. And I, I imagine you probably... Sorry. I, I haven't mentioned, by the I way. I saw it in the long oh, Okay. I have not mentioned um, what your channel is all about. Long Distance Gamers is a channel devoted to demonstrating how you can play your favorite board games with your friends and loved ones, even if you're on the other side of the state or the nation or the world and you guys have like uh you know special terms you use and um you know shortcuts and basically you do tutorials of here's how you can play pandemic with your loved ones or um you know really simple games really complex games and it's really excellent people should definitely check it out uh i mean you are really it's, it's a really helpful tool but why did i just go off into that what was i talking about oh hinterlands um yeah. Why? Actually, I have no idea why that. Why I broached anyway. Back to Hinterland. Uh, well, because you were going into the sideboard, maybe. I guess. I, oh yes, it because fans out the world. I think you're giving me too much credit. That would have shown some level of <laughs> of uh, preparedness that I said, "Hey, this is an opportunity to talk about your your thing." No, no, no. The thing that makes Jen really love Hinterlands is um, that it opens up possibilities on the board. Oh, that's right. Jen and I only play two player, and so when you play two player Pandemic, you are, I think, extra. Um, aware of the uh, permutations uh, you have to jump through with only two people having an entire world to cover and you know, being in the both in San Francisco at the same time so we can hand off that blue card that we need to find the cure. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's part of the game. But I know Jen very much appreciates basically two sideboards that are super shortcuts. That make it much easier. Um, you know, all we gotta do is just get over into the blue area. We can. Ha- we don't have to be literally in um, in in San Francisco or Shanghai. We can just get into that area. And hey, while we're here, we'll also clean up because it's it's it feels like it's always a very slow drip. The die rolls that makes cubes appear in them. It's like ah, oh, you don't have to worry about that until all of a sudden. Oh my God, how did that happen? When did this happen? Oh my gosh, we could we, we might die at any second, and it'll explode everywhere. And um, we've been doing too much other stuff. So it's interesting. It, I, if anything, it kind of makes the, the, the logistical puzzle of getting into the right place at the right time and figuring out how to do that, it, it takes that away. It kind of weakens one of the pillars of what makes Pandemic special. But I had to put it on the list because my wife loves it. Because she just loves having more control, um, more freedom, and you know maybe working a little bit less to be able to achieve. So that's specifically why Hinterlands made my list. Uh, because, because, well, because of Jen. I blame her. And what do you think? <laughs> I blame her too. Um, well, as I've alluded to before, I'm very unlucky when it comes to dice rolling. <laughs> I will roll the red four times in a row and have an outbreak. That is statistically, I have. Way. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I have never won a single game I've played. Oh with my Hinterlands. god! Because of the die. Yeah, I will roll at the same four, five, six times in a row. I go. Ah! You have six sides. Choose a different one. Jeez, Louise. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that's a... And, and uh, yeah. another thing, I 
the, the biggest bother for me with that die is I find it very easy to forget to actually roll it. You know? Uh, I've actually put it on top of the, the uh, deck that you... Infection deck, so that way when you go to grab your infections, you know... Exactly. Roll I always forget to put it back on after I've drawn is the problem. But that is the solution. <laughs> it's far from perfect. I mean, I do think it's interesting. It really... Uh, you know, it, it kind of changes up the core feel. It makes some things easier, makes other things harder. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's my number seven. And I suspect it probably wouldn't make most people's lists. But Jen loves it. Um, uh, yeah, well, she does like the chickens. I, I mean, and... Exactly. Yeah, bringing animals into the... See, yeah, I mean, of course... I mean, that's a great thing about State of Emergency. Oh, we found out where all these things finally came from. Um, it brings a little bit of theme into the main game, as opposed to these offshoots we've been talking about. So, Hinterlands, my number seven. What is your number six? I'm actually going to go back to Iberia. Okay, okay. Um, mine, it's actually Railroads. Really? Okay. Yeah, I really like that you can, you have to plan throughout your entire game if you want to have routes how you want to have them, and by the time you really need them, it'll be too late. So do you want to spend extra time to build these up so that way if you need them later on they're mm -hmm. there so it's that give and take of how much effort you're going to put into it i really like it and then you could go from one side of the map clear down yeah. to the other side with one action later on which makes it a really cool swoop yep yeah, I mean, you need to because, I mean, they didn't have planes back then. So there's no direct flights anywhere other than, I guess, the ports. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I they did not make my list. Uh, and they're like halfway through uh, all around. I like them in theory. To me, it always kind of felt like they're almost like fate accomplished. You kind of have to do them. Because if you don't, you'll definitely regret it later. And um, it's not it's, its not like they're owners because it's often the case when you're playing Pandemic. Like, okay, well, I've done three actions and what else am I going to do? I guess I can move over here, but it, I don't need to. Oh, I'll lay some track. Okay. I mean, you know, so it is kind of nice. It, it, it is good that you always have something in your back pocket. It's never a bad idea to lay rail, but if you've got four actions you need to do, you tend to forget about it, but it, it kind of feels like you need to. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice enough, but I mean... It feels kind of forced Almost, to but I mean, interesting. You said... I mean, you like more experience. So, what is your likelihood of winning if you say no, we're we're not doing rails? We're gonna no. There's, there's no railway conductor. Nobody's playing that character. We're just gonna go without rails, and we'll just try and do this by boat. And that means we have more time to focus on other stuff in theory. But do you find? I mean, can you pull it off without rail? I have not pulled off a win without focusing at least a tiny bit on building the rails. Okay, well, what would a tiny bit be? Because I, I mean, to me, it feels like, okay, if we're going to play Iberia, one of the things we have to do is we know we've got to have a massive rail that connects the north with the southeast with the southwest. And that's going to be the first half of the game is slowly building that so that we can, you know, kick in an overdrive in the second half. But you don't take it that far. What would what, What's the use of a, of a small focus on rail? Like, just a little bit in the middle. Oh, to have it less than 10 even, you can focus on just enough to make it so that you can get around the middle of the board a little bit easier. Huh. So that way you're not relying on going port to port and then going inland. You can go one over, swoop on down, and then go one over if need be. I'm embarrassed to say that never occurred to me. I, I may, maybe it was just, uh, you, know, our, you know, our predisposition to, you know, you're right. I mean, that's a totally valid point. I mean, I always felt like all or nothing. But that is why you're the queen of pandemic. 
because that is a reasonable way to do it. it but if, if, if it is a case where you always have to do that, if you're not going to succeed without a little bit of investment in infrastructure, it almost feels like, hey, you know what? Why aren't those, why isn't there a little um, cross of, of uh, rail already pre-built at the beginning? You know, and then tweak the balance of the game elsewise to, you know, to, to make the hospitals a bit less powerful or, or whatever it might be. I don't know. I just, that, that does make me more attracted. The next time I play Iberia, that is definitely what we're going to do. And no one will be the okay. conductor or whatever the, the train fast building rail layer guy is. And we'll just do a little and we'll see how it plays. I'm instantly more intrigued to go back and play Iberia now because of it. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Right. You'll have to let me know how indeed, it goes. Indeed. Okay. And then if you want to play remotely, feel free. Um, yes. I, 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 I know some experts in that arena. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So that was your number six laying track in Iberia. Alrighty. My number six is kind of cheating because it's a big blanket. Oh. I am just going to call it quarantines. But you could also call it purified water. You could also call it, um, you know, the rising tide, uh, you know, the, the population cubes are effectively a form of quarantine. We've had two different versions of quarantine. Um, you, 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 know, uh, you know, pretty much the entirety of Pandemic Season 2 is all about, you know, effectively giving quarantines a different name. And all of them have the same idea that rather than being reactive, rather than waiting until the cubes are out and then we got to go out there and clean them up, these are all different ways to skin the same... Um, yeah, nobody wants to skin a cat. I'm sorry to your cat who's in the room. That's a terrible. Why would I want to skin a cat? I think he ran away. <laughs> Before that comment. No, 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 no. Um, but they're, they're all the same way to achieve the same thing of being proactive. Okay, we know this is a hotspot area. The different games do it in slightly different ways. But, I mean, however you cut it, I really like the idea of saying, hey, you know what? Rather than waiting until after the event happens, let's get there ahead of time, put the quarantines down, and buy ourselves time. That's one of my favorite things to do um, is get those and then it feels so satisfying when the card comes and that hits and we say not today cubes and we just pull the quarantine or the water drip or whatever it is off the board i absolutely adore that and i, I love that you know matt and his co-designers have um, you know investigated it several different ways in several different um versions i mean i guess that's even what the soldiers are now that i think about it. they're another form because you can leave them behind um, for the uh, the invaders in, in uh, what's it, the uh, Fall yeah, of Rome. Uh, Fall of Rome. So, the Legion. If you made me pick one, my favorite iteration, it would probably be Rising Tides just because it's so satisfying to put that water drip in. Oh, I've just protected three cities. That's awesome. Um, it's more expensive than, like, you know, the, the ones in. Well, I shouldn't be. All right, we're not talking about legacy stuff, but um, <laughs> other than I just gave away that there's. Oh, come on. Legacy one, everybody's played it by now. Um, yeah, and I mean Legacy too. You find out about the supply cubes. Yeah, I mean it's very yeah first scenario. Yep. So I apologize for giving away pretty much rulebook spoilers for the legacies, but we will not go deeper into the legacies today. We agreed about that ahead of time. But yeah, quarantines. However you uh, cut it, I really it's one of my favorite things, and I'd probably pick the Rising Tide. Uh, or I'm sorry, not Rising Tide. The uh, the the Iberian purified water because. I mean, you'd very rarely think about the spaces between the uh, lines and the dots. So that's actually a really cool element, too. So um, Yeah, I thought it was really cool with making it a region that you protect instead of just a city that you protect. I thought that was a really cool change with Iberia. Yeah, definitely. And it, again, feels very strongly thematic, which is what all these spinoff games are really good at doing. So that was my number six. Quarantines, okay. however you want to play them. Um, but we'll go with Purified Water specifically. How, what are you at for number five? 
Um, <laughs> mine is the uh, quarantines as well. <laughs> But specifically the legions okay. in Fall of Rome is my All favorite. Right, okay. I just, I really like how they will, you can leave them behind and then you don't want to leave a whole bunch behind mm -hmm. unless you have, I want to call them the research stations, but they're not research stations, the equivalency of yep. that. Um, um, if you leave one of those, you oh. only have to remove one, but they could get ambushed if they're alone. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and of course it's it's a big sacrifice because they're your right hand. If you're not dragging them around with you across the countryside, you will regret it later. Um, so it's a, yeah, you can't fight without yeah. them. So it's not just the quarantine -y elements of it. It is, I mean, everything that goes on with the legionnaires uh, is is coming in at your number five. Because you know another really cool thing about them is uh, the way you can basically convert. You know, once you've cured a disease, you can basically convert the disease cubes into quarantines, if you think of them in pandemic terms as opposed yeah. to Fall of Rome terms. I mean, that's really excellent as well. Yeah, I really like that idea that you can enlist your enemy yes. into your own army, yeah. even though at that point they're not your enemy. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's one of the coolest things. So cool, in fact, that even though they have a healthy dollop of dice rolling, I completely forgive it because everything about them is so great. But And I guess you probably enjoy the dice rolling with them as well. Uh, yes and no. Even though the dice are Again, not kind? horrible luck. <laughs> <laughs> I will, if I have the powers that lose whenever you roll the things, I will lose them every time. <laughs> Well, I guess it's good that you know that's coming, and so there is some consistency, and you can plan around it. None of those bothersome, yeah. oh, the die was blank, hooray, we avoided disaster. Who wants that? That's a pain. Exactly. I just go, okay, I am going to offer you as a sacrifice to our enemies. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the legionnaires, or the legions, they, they are excellent. Um, we may not have heard the last of them. Um, spoilers. So, that was, that was number five, right? Okay. Yes, that was number five. My number five is from uh, Rising Tide. The uh, hydraulics. The hydraulic structures. <laughs> I, oh, you just laughed, so I imagine they're coming soon. We seem to be kind of sympathetic. I'm guessing, maybe not. But I think they are great. Um, you know, uh, such a wonderful idea to be able to make this big investment and unlock... I mean, you know, again, spoiler alert, any of the, the stuff from like... Um, you know, on the brink where, hey, let's just throw more random cards into decks and so they'll surprise you. I don't think I have any of those. All of those are fine. I've got nothing against them. But I always like it when the game um, puts more stuff in where, okay, I know based on how I'm going to spend my time, how I'm going to invest my resources and my effort, this is what I'm going to get. And, um, you know, knowing the hydraulic structures that will be built as a result, you know, in, instead of just making labs, and that we'll be able to leverage those powers for the rest of the game, just really really uh, works well for me. And I think of all of the spinoffs, it feels like to me that Rising Tide had the most attention to thematic integration, you know, that these mechanisms were really driven by the history that they're trying to emulate. And, uh, you know, because I loved reading about what all these, you know, I mean, you know, these are like the, you know, the, 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 the seven wonders of, of Amsterdam, of, 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 the, of the Netherlands. And, you know, and it, it is amazing the what that little country has been able to do to basically push the ocean back. And, you know, that's what you're doing throughout that expansion. And, you know, tools that allow you to do it, but that work in a really cool, not tactical way, but strategic way. Okay, we want to get this thing built as fast as we can. What's the one that we're not going to get built anytime soon? How are we going to, you know, do without it? I like everything about them. My number five, 
the hydraulic structures, which I bet if I asked you, you could list them all off from memory. Ah, uh, well, if you want me to try. Uh, no, that's okay. You've already the, uh, missed everything. Green adds dice. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the yellow, I think, adds. <laughs> no, the yellow adds. No, the green takes away water. The yellow adds the dice. Okay. Um, the one that's up in the corner adds a barrier. I'm sorry, if you can't tell me what color you lose. <laughs> and Orange, I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then I... Well, that's right. They messed with the colors. Even that's the what's other messing color. you up. If they were just the classics, I'm sure you'd have no problem with the colors. Exactly. I, I blame the colors, yep, yep. so thank Understood. you. I re you know, I still keep this. There you go. I, I, I continue <laughs> to be impressed. Um, all right, so that was my number five, hydraulic structures. Um, and, and I assume you dig them. I do. They are my number well, four. Hey, what's your number four, Liz? <laughs> hydraulic structures. Tell me more. Yeah, that's why I was laughing. I'm like right ahead of me again. I know, I know. Well, but yeah, I just, I really like that they just add a little bit of a benefit yeah. when you cure them because normal pandemic, you cure it, which makes it easier to treat. Versus, I not Iberia, sorry, uh, Rising yeah. Tide, you cure it, and it gives you an immediate benefit, but then it's almost kind of done for some mm -hmm. of them. Mm, okay. Like, it doesn't really benefit you after you do it, and when you do it's important. So, like, for instance, if you do the green too soon, you won't get to benefit from taking the water exactly, out. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It adds that extra So that's level. why I like it. It Plenty. makes it... Yeah, exactly. You're making me remember all the more why I like it. I think I was kind of confusing them a little bit in my head um, with something else that's coming up on my list. Uh, but yeah, so hydraulic structures. And I forget, when you play with them, are they like the diseases? Do you mix and match or do you play with all of them? Um, well, that could be... You do play with okay. all of them out yeah. and they do give you a benefit throughout the game. Curing them, I don't know if that would be... Breaking someone's future okay. choices. Okay. All right. All right. Well, all right. Uh, 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 hydraulic structures, a very popular ones at number five and number four. My number four is my biggest cheat. I cheated a little bit just having this big blanket uh, quarantine. But for my number four, either one of these uh, two, I'm, I'm, I'm combining two into one thing that for me is a very special Rado variant. And uh, I, I, I won't uh, mince words. I was coming right to the point. I'm combining the bioterrorist from On the Brink with the solo game oh. from In the Lab. And have you ever tried that? I have not. Uh, the bioterrorist is cool. my least favorite. It is a way to... I mean, like I said, neither of these would have made it into my top ten otherwise. But when they combined, it becomes a very, very cool dueling head-to-head -head way for two players specifically to play Pandemic, um, where Jen, because she always wants to be the sneaky hidden one, is running around, you know, trying to get more cubes on the board, and I, by myself, with only one character, but with the help of the CDC, the other solo mode that we talked about earlier, um, which is me and the CDC, which effectively gives me functionally a fifth action I can do every round. And it gives me access to, like, whatever it is, an additional hand of cards that I can pull in and out. And um, so I'm much more powerful than you would ever be otherwise. And I need to be, because Jen's running all over, um, you know, laying down cubes and trying to out with me and I'm trying to catch her while trying to and it's really cool 
Obviously, it was never intended uh, to mix and match these two things. And uh, Jen and I, we just tried it on a whim because I thought, well, hey, um, really, uh, I think officially... You, the, uh, what do you call it? The Bioterrorist, which is basically a hidden movement uh, minigame, is a one versus mini. It doesn't support two players, unless the other player is going to have to control multiple characters. And I didn't want to do that. And I thought, well, what the heck? Let's just try it. This solo mode, because it works pretty well. And it really worked really neatly. I mean, we're both, we're barely playing Pandemic anymore. We're playing something completely different at this point. We're playing a Letters of Whitechapel, or, um, <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, in Pandemic. Uh, but it, it does work really well. And, uh, Putting those two things together comes in at my number four. Okay, I am wanting to try that yep. now. It is far out. So you have convinced yeah. me. It is in no way, shape, or form balanced. So I, I think you, you know, depending on um, you know the skills of the uh, of the hidden player, you might have to adjust difficulty. And there's lots of things you can do to tweak things. You know, where there are more or less event cards in the player deck and stuff like that. Um, yeah, my wife and I, we did it twice. And we, you know, and, and then I filmed a video about it when I when I covered in the lab. I talked about it because I wanted to be able to talk about everything, and it was just a really big surprise that it worked. Now, what I've never tried is, um, you know, it's interesting that you say the um, the solo variant from uh, Rise of Rome or Fall of Rome is more powerful in the regular game. I wonder what that would be like to bring that one in to uh, to be a single player playing against the bio terrorist. That would be interesting too. But obviously, I've never tried that. Well, now I have two exactly. different ways to play. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> to uh, play some long distance pandemic. Uh, and tell me I'm right or that I'm crazy, one or the other. But uh, it is something that I really enjoy. And I was, maybe this is so high on the list because I'm really kind of proud of myself for discovering it because I don't think anybody else has tried it. But uh, we thought it worked really nicely. Uh, um, right. So basically, my number four turning pandemic into a uh, uh, Scotland Yard, effectively. <laughs> Yeah, which Kitty, which is one of my New York friends, uh, she will be jumping on really? board with the ability to do that. Her favorite game of all time is Letters from oh, White Oh, there Chapel. you go. There you go. you got to give it a try. You've got to give it a so, try. Exactly. So we'll be playing the Rado all variant right. soon. <laughs> and maybe cursing my name, because uh, maybe I'm just a little too proud <laughs> of my cleverness, and it wasn't quite as clever as I thought. But I thought it was pretty cool. It sounds very yeah. clever, though. All right. Well, what is your number three? Uh, it is alternate win conditions. What do you mean? Uh, my favorite is from Fall of Rome. It's you can either yes. win by allying yourself with all the barbarian mm. tribes, or you can eliminate them all from the board, right. <laughs> or a mix and match combination. Yep. So I really like that. As far as just that, if you can't go out and because in order to ally with them, they have to be on the mm -hmm. board. So if they never come out for some cool reason <laughs> uh you at least have that alternative so you don't lose the game simply by sheer dumb yeah, luck yeah, yeah 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 and then rising tide you can mix and match those hydraulic structures you don't have to build mm. them if you're playing with some other win condition for that right. color so i really like that as well although it's still beneficial mm -hmm. to build them yep, yep, yep. you don't have to Yes, uh, that is an excellent um, decision. I mean, you could also uh, broaden that without going into too heavy spoilers into uh, the legacy games because the legacy games really leverage that idea also of, hey, there are several ways. You yes. It's not just black and white. There's only one way to win. So for you, like the way I did uh, quarantines, all is one 
Uh, you're saying variable win objectives, all is one. And of the different ones you could point out, your favorite is the uh, the, uh, the the rise to Rome one specific, or fall of Rome specifically. The fall of Rome, yes. Okay. But yeah, but they're all. I really like just variability to keep games fresh. Yeah. Well, when you when you played as pandemic as so. much as you have, I mean as much as us, but I mean nothing compared to how much you played it. Uh, you're always looking for stuff like that. I mean, yeah. Okay. That is an excellent one. That is your number. That was your number three. Yeah. Okay. Well, my number yes. three, let's uh, let's stay in ancient Rome, is the Legionnaires. Uh, I think that was your number five, or your number six, or something like that. I love them too. Five. I, 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 you know, and and for me, I mean, I love everything about them. Obviously, they are a version of quarantining, like I talked about earlier. But uh, the the most interesting thing is that you cannot directly fight the cubes in this game. To be able to deal with the cubes, which represent you know invading barbarian hordes, um, you are having to, uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, uh, you'll, fight, you'll fight them. You'll, you you'll, go and yeah, fight. You have to bring these legionnaires along with you, and uh, you have to basically sacrifice them to be able to get rid of the cubes. There is some dice rolling. It's not my favorite thing, but I will. I will admit that we have fought, and I have rolled the dice, and I have yeah, you know, fist pumped uh, upon big successes. I have gotten myself swept up by the drama of the dice, but you know that's one half of them. But then the second half of oh well, leave them behind, protect for the future with the quarantines, and that's the second half of them. And then the the, uh, the third half of them, which means I really should have said thirds, is the idea that as we were talking about before that you can recruit the cubes once you've cured the or, you know once you've uh once or, you formed a treaty with them, right? That's what it's actually called once you once you've uh, made a treaty with, with the given tribe you can now recruit them and turn them into soldiers to help you fight the other ones i just love everything about it, it, it they are absolutely brilliant um and i like them more than you but uh you obviously dug them quite a bit as well yeah and then i also really like that as the game goes further you can create your own soldiers less mm-hmm. like you've expended yourself from war too much so when those epidemics, whatever they're called, tensions yeah, rise, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget what they're called, but whenever those come out, that moves further on, so you have to pull more cards for the bad yes. cards, for the legionnaires, or for the barbarians to come out, but you also can bring less legionnaires into the game. It's like you start with being able to pull out three, and then it goes down to two, or maybe it... <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about, like the track at the very yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. top? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I just I find that really cool with the Legionnaires, too, that they start off really strong and a really cool way to get it, and then you do have to force your way to a lie with the Barbarians yep. and to convert them, because that turns out to be more beneficial. And it all just tells a, a really interesting story. Um, you know, I mean, it's just kind of yeah. woven into the mechanisms. It all feels, you know, driven by real-world pressures that these generals or uh, various folks... Are, I mean, I, yeah, I love everything about them, and I love them so much that I will... Go beyond saying, oh, I, I go beyond just begrudgingly accepting them. I actually enjoy the die rolling. I enjoy the roll to resolve. And, and that is a very, very rare thing for me. So, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, Fall of Rome's the, uh, legions or legionnaires. Okay, what's your number two? Uh, we are going to go back to Rising Tide. Okay. I just I really like how the water flows the water and how the dikes can prevent okay. it. Yeah, it's the water and the dikes combined. So I'm cheating a little bit with this one as well. It's just, I just like how if it's three cubes in one area, if there's not a dike preventing it from moving, it will trickle right. down. And I just, I like how you have to prevent movement of the water by placing those. 
Yep. Now and that is interesting that that would make it so high on your list, but in the lab doesn't come on your list at all because in the lab, I would agree, is probably the high watermark for really changing the feel of what Pandemic is. You're playing a different game when you're playing within the lab almost. I would say that's kind of true for the water and the dikes as well. I mean, yes. it is so far removed. I mean, you have to completely reprogram your brain. I mean, prior experience playing Pandemic actually hurts you in Rising Tide because you're literally playing wrong if you treat them like regular cubes. Yeah, you do have to think about it in a different way, I've mm -hmm. noticed. For me, it's base Pandemic is base Pandemic, and that's the way yeah. it is. And then these offshoots, they can be whatever they want to be. And I can appreciate them for what they are in the mm -hmm. box. So to me, it's uh, something like that is completely okay because it's a different box. <laughs> okay. Well, that's right. Yes. Because this is not an expansion <laughs> as a, wow. Wait a minute then. Yeah, so it's a completely different game, but it's still pandemic. So I can appreciate the little eccentricities. Wow, that sounds like a more of a psychological revelation. <laughs> I mean, if In the Lab was not an expansion for pandemic, but it was called... I would probably like it more. If, if, if it were pandemic uh, you know, lab days and it was a completely standalone game, it, you, would, you would approach it differently. You would have different expectations of what you want out of it. That's really interesting. And, and it makes total yeah. sense. I mean, I, I, I can't poke a hole in that at all. That makes complete and total sense to me. And it is a great choice. I'll tell you why um, Water and Dykes, uh, which comes in at like my number 15, didn't make my top 10. It has nothing to do with them. I love everything about them too. Uh, my problem with them is not the system. It is the map. Uh, my biggest problem with Rising Tides as a whole is the fact that they jettison the traditional, hey, let's just have a grid or whatever you call it, a lattice of dots and lines so you can very easily see how everything connects with everything. And they jettison that to have a more traditional map. And um, it just gets so sloppy and so difficult to parse visually what's happening that for us, it made the game very frustrating and we couldn't appreciate the water because of course that's where you really have to pay attention oh is there a leak have i gotten all the dikes covered or oh no there's one over there i didn't see that that just oh, that, are those two things even connected is that just a river in the in the, you know it's part of the background art or is that actually a, a county line i don't know i i i don't know i don't know if you felt that way uh, about rising i did not really? actually i uh, yeah i know z had the same issue with it in oh, his review too okay. but i to me, it was visually clear. There was just like one little section between in the middle by, I want to say Delphin, the one that you start in. You remember the names <laughs> of the regions and you don't even speak the language. <laughs> oh, I we um, had to, because we play remotely. Oh, of course. We had to number oh. them <laughs> because I could not pronounce them. And every time I tried, bricks cringe. <laughs> so it would be orange one. There you go. There you go. Well, there's that one tiny little thing that at first it was really weird to not see it as a connection. Yeah. But once you learn that, that was okay. It's just for me, I can, it, it's hard to explain, but like you can, the background art of the game kind of just fades away and you just see the Here, lines. Here's, that here's what I'm going to say. You have switched from the queen of pandemic to now you are Neo and you're looking at the code. <laughs> You don't see the world the same way. You actually see it as all the pandemic lines of squigglies. That's basically you are so deep into the matrix of the pandemic. That that's what explains that you are the one, basically, when it comes to pandemic. Wow. There you go. 
And and and, and I, uh, I might not at, be at able to fit out my door with the ego yeah, boost. At best, Z and I are Morpheus, and and you know we we don't we, you know we, we do our best, but we can't quite keep up with you. It sounds like. Oh, I like the sound All right. of that. I, I, I will stand by that. Okay, so that is your number two, and like I mean, I completely agree. It's it's so brilliant. It's so well done, and it it, it just. It's, you know, it's really strongly thematic. Everything just, I mean, you have an understanding of how water flows, and that's just the way it works. It was just, it was the board killed it for me. My number two, however, is also Rising Tides related. Uh, It is the pumping stations. I love building pumping Ah. stations. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I love building stations. And I was actually kind of mixing them up a little bit with the hydraulic structures earlier. Uh, They were kind of all becoming one thing in my head because I am not the one, obviously. But um, (laughs) uh, when I did actually sit back and and studied everything and tried to remember everything, uh, pumping stations are one of my favorite things. They are so satisfying. They are just so lovely to get them, get them built. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, it goes back to at the beginning, my number 10, Shogoth's. Or was it my number ten? No, my number nine, Shogos. Because I, I love the idea of the the world is alive. It's doing things even when we're not there. And in ninety nine percent of all things in pandemic, the things that it's doing is always bad. It is always more cubes are multiplying and spreading, or Shogoths are walking towards their um. Or you know, in Iberia, you've got sick people who are you know following the lines to get to the hospital, so there will be an outbreak. It's always bad stuff that's happening. But I love the idea of building something that this is you know it's a huge accomplishment, it's a big investment, um, and it 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 feeds into that simulation so well because so I mean you know, oh I've got a slow leak. No big deal. The pumping station will take care of it. And I, 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 it, it feels to me after I built it, it just feels like a little tiny generator engine with just some lines. And I got, you know, and, and in my head, I know that's not what they are, but you know, it, it, it has character to it. And it's just something I would love to see more of. The fact that you can build things that take on almost a life of their own and in a a positive way. And then you can play around that, play to its strengths. Eventually, if the pumping station job does its job too well, oh, there's no more water. And I almost feel bad. Okay, maybe we shouldn't put that last dike so that the station will still have some water that it can work on. Come on. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely yeah, love them. You don't want to burn out the motor. Yeah, exactly. That's a fair point. Fair point. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love them. But I do like yeah, it. And I would love to see something like that put into regular pan. I would love to see a version of regular pandemic where you could put an equivalent, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, it's some kind of, uh, you know, medical triage center that you could put in a space and say, hey, you know what? Let's increase, you know, um, up- increase the uptick of cubes that get placed so that this would offset it. I, I would just love everything about that. So it's my number two. Pump stations, which sounds very sexy, very exciting. All right, what is <laughs> that? Would be awesome. Yes. Or, 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 so, what do you think of them? Hopefully, they're not your. Number uh, one. They were my number they eleven. They were seriously. Oh my gosh! Wow. We. Yeah. I expected there was going to be some just barely missed. I expected we'd be a bit simcotico, but then I was kind of worried. But no, I think we are. We are, we we are closer. That we are as close as I would have hoped. All righty. So your number eleven, okay. the pumping stations. My number. Yeah, seven. I like how if you decide where you pull a cube can have mm-hmm. great impact, especially because the you pull the cards before the water flows. Yeah. So if there's a specific area that you don't have a dike to remove, you could possibly have to put a cube there. So you could pump the cube out of there in hopes that if you pull that card, you don't have to flow more. Good stuff. So I really like yeah, that. Awesome. Alrighty. But you don't like them enough. What's your number okay. one? Uh, this is what I call the Z Garcia variant. Oh, oh, okay. He has mentioned it in a few of his videos. No it's the way that I play Pandemic the most. Okay. It's uh, 
by Virulent Strains with Emergency Events. I play ah. with the five Virulent Strains, five Emergency Events, and it keeps it fresh, it keeps it flowing, and it keeps it very tight. Virulent Strains, that's the point from that I only... Brink, and Emergency Events are State of Emergency. Uh, state yeah, okay, of cool, emergency. cool. Okay, yes. yes. So you just like putting lots of random so. uh, cards in all the decks. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I like having something different come out that you have to... Do and Jerome, I'm recording. Oh. Hi, Jerome. <laughs> Everybody say hi to Jerome in the comments. Yeah, he's uh, downstairs yelling <laughs> for me. But, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, he is. Okay, drive safe. Oh. <laughs> Love you too. If you need to go Sorry. say goodbye, we can pause for a second. No, it's ah, okay. He leaves all the he's... time. He'll come back. <laughs> yeah, he'll be back you know, in half an hour. Um. But anyways, uh, I just, I like having to deal with something unexpected. Right. Like, Jerome interrupting us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, well, uh, was he an emergency <laughs> event or was he a virulent strain under these circumstances? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Can I plead there the There you bit? go. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, just uh, keeps it fresh, keeps it something interesting. And because pandemic, I love mm. it, but it you, you can formulate it out. Sure. To the point that it's too formulated, and you know exactly the optimal move at every single moment. Mm -hmm. So to keep it from knowing the optimal move, I throw in a little bit of variety. Wow. Okay, well, once again, that's why you're the one. Because I, as, as much as I've played it, I don't think I'm to that part yet. My wife and I will still vehemently debate most moves as to what's the smartest. I mean, I don't think we've come to that point yet in our pandemic journey where it's, oh, this is the obvious thing to do and anything else is clearly an idiot bonehead move. Um, and I don't, I need random stuff in the deck to surprise me because nothing surprises me because I've seen it all. I see the code <laughs> is basically where you're coming at it from. Yeah, I am one with the Matrix. <laughs> yep. Well, okay, so, so you're combining the two into one for... Oh yeah. And for me... All of those things. The, I mean, gosh, what all the, the mutations, the virulent strains. Um, they're fine. I don't mind them at all. But I mean, as you can see, I mean, it's pretty pretty consistent through my list. I, I like I like the ones where hey, they're there on the table right from the get go. Um, I, I like I, I like less surprises rather than more. So um, yeah, my. My number one, though, is I'm, I'm coming back to you. Uh, I forget if it was your number three or four, is uh, variable objectives. That's my number one favorite thing about the game. Yeah, and, and again, as you said, it, it has manifested in several different ways. I think my favorite way is the way they do it specifically in the legacy games. Um, which, you know, I mean, and they're all, they're just kind of like slight different tricks. But uh, putting that one aside, I probably would put Rising Tides. Um, if, if we're, if we're not going into details about, you know, Legacy Zero, One, and Two, I, I'm really, really keen. I mean, obviously I am because I talked about them earlier with the hydraulic structures and how all of that stuff is interplay. Although you have almost convinced me that maybe I like Rise or Fall of Rome better because I really forgot about how oh. it's the, you know, the okay, well, uh, cure all the diseases or eradicate all diseases, one or the other, and you're not going to be able to do. So you, you have to kind of mix and match. Huh, maybe I do like that one more. It's hard to say, but I'll just break my own rules and say my favorite way is the way, without saying how it's done, the way Pandemic Legacy Season 1 um, handled variable objectives uh, is, for me, will always be my favorite thing because 
you have a bunch of, you see, laid out right from the get-go, here's what you have to do. You know you can't do all of it. Let's start planning about, okay, what combination of these things are we going to try to achieve this game? Um, and how are we going to pull those off? And it, 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 it's, it's what I absolutely love. When I, when I was finished with Pandemic Legacy Season 1, and I realized, oh, I have to go back to regular Pandemic now, and I won't have those anymore, I said no. So I came up with my own um, you know, variant for uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 1, called The Year After, where, no, no, we can just keep playing it this way, and you know, we can have you know, randomly assigned objectives, so there's a different variety every time you play, and it, it's fantastic. I love it. Ah, boy. I'm, I'm second-guessing myself about Fall of Rome, because that is effectively, when I was thinking about this, I wasn't thinking about them, but they are a variable objective system, too. But I'm going to stick with variable objectives from any way you want to slice it. The uh, the Iberia system the where you, you choose them right up front. Oh, wait, no, is that true? With the oh no no I'm, I'm now I'm getting the uh, no it, it's the historical yeah. diseases. Yeah 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 I was, yeah. I was getting those a bit mixed up. It, it, I, I can't quite keep them all as compartmentalized as you can. They all kind of merge into one big <laughs> pandemic mush in my head. But yeah, variable objectives. And I think that was like your number three or your number four or something, right? Uh, number, number three, three, yeah, and legacy. For me, it's hard because I never thought about playing them again. Like mm. I thought about them as an experience. Sure. I will enjoy it. And then once it's done, it's done. So it wasn't until I heard you talking about it that I was like, oh my goodness, you could play you it can. again. I can anyway. I, I just, yeah, like, I, I want to now. It's just, I, I don't know. I haven't really looked at it too much because I mainly looked at your 1963 first season oh, zero. Okay. Yep. Um, because I want to make sure I don't rip up cards. Oh, uh, you don't. Uh, I wrote that assuming that anything you ripped up uh, that you did. But if you don't, that gives you a little bit more flexibility. If you just want to put them in a box or something like that. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Cool. Okay. All right, well, that was it, folks. So, yeah. Those are the... Actually, we did have a fair amount of... So, I don't know, that's probably the 15 or 16 greatest mechanisms, considering the number of times we had overlap. And um, what, does that, what, what, what expansion or standalone comes out on top, then, based on just sheer numbers between us? What did I have? Um, I had... It sounds like uh, Rising Tide or um, Cthulhu, actually. I was thinking Rome. Rome did really well, didn't it? I have... Yeah, Rome has a couple. Yeah. Not me. State of Emergency. Not On the Brink. Um, yeah, I mean, you had so much oh. Cthulhu, and I did give you one. That might almost push it over the top. <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean, it seems like yeah. uh, the spinoffs are coming out on top in general over the expansions. Over the... Yeah. I guess because we're both novelty Which junkies is... and we're just chasing after really significantly big... <laughs> the new yeah, high? Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably what it is. But hey, you know what? That's if sweet. you're still here, folks, you're in luck because now we're going to do another countdown. We're only an hour and 11 minutes in and you've got time, right, Liz? <laughs> exactly. You... I have all okay. day. Then we're going to do now a top 11 countdown where we are um, looking at, again, putting Pandemic aside, putting the Legacies aside, or no, or no, actually, this is where the Legacies could come in, right. So, it's yes. the, the spinoffs, and the expansions, and the Legacies, which I believe, I have 11 things in my list. Do you have 11 things in your list? I have 11. Okay, this is probably going to go a bit quicker, because, I mean, heck, a lot of this is going to be stuff we just talked about already, the things we tend to like and whatnot. Um, you go again first. What's your, uh, what's your number 11? This might hurt. It's in the lab. <laughs> 
simply because oh. it changes what my pandemic should be. Wow. Wow. Okay, I did not yeah. expect that. That's a dagger to the heart. <laughs> I'm well, okay, sorry. Then, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, one thing I, you know, we didn't talk about, um, I've never played, and I likely will ever get a chance to play the team game in, in the lab. How is that? Because, of course, that's another variable objective version of the game. Where, you know, a team of two plays against a different team of two and we have our own objectives we're trying to chase after. I assume you've tried it. I have. I didn't enjoy it, so I've only played it a couple Mm -hmm. times. It just, it changed it too much. I like that we're either a 1v-all, which is my least favorite way to play Pandemic other than the Uh team. (laughs) Uh, Or we are all cooperating. Okay. And I just, I prefer us all cooperating. Sure, sure, sure. All right. Well, all right. That's 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 understandable. And again, you have nothing against the lab itself, but it is that it changes the core game so much that it just doesn't feel right yeah. for you. Exactly. And they should have made that the fifth so. standalone where it was, I don't know, um, Marie Curie and we got to play all real historical characters in actual labs producing stuff or something. And maybe that would have worked for you. To, to yeah. Uh, Matt Leacock, get on there that. There you go. I mean, let's see it. Um, get to work with, um, I don't know. The designer, uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's got something cooking. Uh, my number 11, yeah. sadly for you, is Reign of Cthulhu. Um, okay. And I, I, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be near your number one, but it is, like we talked about before, too much randomness. There's so many things I love in it. I love the sanity. I love the Shogoths. I love the rituals, if they were tweaked a little bit, like I said. But the way the rituals are uh, um, done, which is very, very similar to, hey, look, just more random stuff will happen. And, um, oh, look, random stuff will happen with the die. And random, 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 random. It was just too much. It was, it was a random, it was, it was an R&D uh, die or throw one too many, so Cthulhu comes in at the bottom, even though there's a lot of really wonderful elements in it. Plus, also, it is... It's it's almost closer to... Uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, Forbidden Island, the, in terms of 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 challenge level. Because yeah, you know, only, there's only just the one type of color, and you can get around some teacher because it's a smaller board. So I, I thought it was a bunch of neat stuff. I totally di- get why people dig it. It just wasn't really for us. Yeah, to me, it felt more like the In the Cure. Mm, yes, yeah, a yeah, yeah. Bit. Which, by the way, we both kept In the Cure off because In the Cure was uh, and uh, Contagion and oh, what's the real time one with the plane? Uh, rapid. rapid. We left those off because those are pandemic games only in the title, and they're really completely different things. All right. Um, yeah. So, what's your number ten? Um, my number ten is Hot Zone North my America. My number ten is Hot Zone North America as well. Hey, finally, yes. um, same number. There we go. There we go. Um, but, what, what do you think? Uh, I like it. I love it. It's just, um, I want to play normal pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, it, it gives me a tiny bit of flavor, which I actually take my hot zone to work with me normally. So that way I can play it. It's a smaller footprint, sure. so I can play it while I'm on a yeah. break. But I still want to play Pandemic. Here's the interesting and thing about Hot Zone. Not... Before we start recording, um, I had something to say about Or maybe when we were recording, I don't remember. So here's the thing about Hot Zone. I literally just read this morning. Um, the first Hot Zone, North America, was designed by Matt Leacock. And it's basically kind of like Pandemic Express. You only have three diseases instead of four. Uh, you have a much tinier map. I mean, everything is just like really stripped down. And it's something you can play in 15 minutes if you know your way through Pandemic. And Jen and I found we'll win no matter what. I mean, we tried to increase the difficulty as much as we could. And we still, it was too easy. Here's the deal. The new one that's coming this year, Pandemic Hot Zone Europe. 
Uh, it is being co-designed by uh, Tom Lehman. So he's working with Matt on it. And Tom Lehman has done a lot of the expansion content. And Tom Lehman, just this morning on Board Game Geek, uh, posted a reply when somebody asked, Hey, I've been noticing that it seems like uh, it, it's almost like you want us to play these two games together because it's a completely new set of characters we're playing and all that. Is, is something like that might be the case? And Tom Lehman oh. said, yes, more soon. Oh my goodness. Yes. So he didn't say anything, but I mean, the, the, you know, that is a very exciting idea that, okay, they're both standalones, but you can combine them into something, whatever that would be. I don't know. It presumably means you're playing, I would assume you're playing with both maps at once and you can hop from one to the other. I, I, I can't even imagine what it might be, but I'm very, very intrigued by that. Yes, I I now want it in my hands. Today. I know, I know. I you know, maybe they'll do something really simple. Maybe it won't be that big a deal. But I mean, I'm I, I'm trying not to get too terribly enthusiastic about the potential for what it could be. But I really love that idea. In the same way that what was it the uh, the game from um, Plan B, uh, Emerson Matsuchi? You know the. Uh, uh, Century. Thank you. Century Spice Road and then Eastern Wonders and then New Frontier and how the three games can combine into a super game and I love that. So I would love to see something like that happen here. Maybe, maybe not. But that would be really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So crossover, our first true crossover, number ten hot zone. What is your number yes. nine? Uh you might be a little bit surprised considering how much it made yeah. my uh, mechanisms list. It is Reign of Cthulhu. Okay, no, no. I, well, well I, honestly, I would have thought it would have been higher. Why isn't it? Uh, simply because it is the most lucky. There you go. Okay, so it, if, same as me, it maybe you, you can take a bit of luck in moderation, but it maybe just goes a bit far. Yeah, yeah. like I can lose in 10 minutes, and I like having a challenge, mm -hmm. and it feels more luck-based than challenge-based. While there's things that I obviously love in the game. Yes. It's just, it's not always the one that comes off the shelf simply because I want something a little bit thinkier. Yeah, yeah. I, and it, it's great for what it is. Um, you know, it targets its audience. It produces yeah. exactly what it should, but it just didn't have enough meat on the bone for us. And again, too much dice rolling. Um, but again, that's entirely thematically appropriate considering... That they're kind of making, oh, what's Pandemic plus Arkham Horror? That's Reign of Cthulhu. And it, yeah. and, it, and it was the right set of decisions, just meant it wasn't the right game for us. So I, I totally dig that. My number nine, I know you're going to be very upset about, is Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this is low. Yes, it is very, very low. Um, There's eight more things above oh, it. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I, mean, I am. There are many, many things I love about Pan, and I'm not going to go into particulars. Uh, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't want to talk about anything more than what you just get from reading the rule book. So I'll leave it at that. I already talked about this earlier. Um, and my love of quarantines, and that's the entirety of what Pandemic Season Two does. Is um, you you don't go around and take the cubes off the board. You go around putting the cubes on the board before the hits happen. It's like that entire game is quarantine central. And then of course it does a bunch of other stuff on top of that. Um, I guess my problems with it. Well, one, and this is an issue I had with all the legacies, as a two-player game, it was way too easy. I mean, Jen and I, we, uh, we played through the entire 12 months. We only lost once. It very rarely put any kind of pressure on us. Um, and, it, it, and, and I know I'm not alone in that. Um, although what I've heard is there are ways you can play. Because the interesting thing about uh, Season 2 compared to the other legacies is it is very open-ended. Um, you know, the, the way the world will evolve is definitely driven by player choice. And I guess maybe Jen and I just made choices that made the game 
crazy easy for us as a two-player game. So much so that sometimes we would, oh, well, okay, we just won this. It, it almost took longer to set this mission up than it did to beat it, because we could win within three rounds because Jen was such an incredible superstar at doing a thing you're supposed to do that you know we didn't even have to break a sweat. And, um, and then the other thing, it's probably my least favorite version of quarantining because you got to pick those quarantines up and drag them all over. And I've never been a big fan of pick up and deliver. And it, it is it is pandemic pick up and deliver yeah. style. Go back, get some more of these cubes, take them out. I'm not a big fan of it in um oh what is it in state of emergency the vaccine stuff you can do. I think that's in state of emergency, right? Uh, With the superbug there. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. It's, um, you know I. And uh, so I like the quarantine systems where, hey, we can just go out there and just pull it out of our butt and put it on the board as opposed to, oh, wait, let me pick some up and, okay, I'll meet you over here in Oronde and I'll drop them off and you can pick them up and take them where they need to go. Um, you know, it's it, it, it just didn't work for us. Now, what I loved about season two, I loved the storytelling. I loved, um, you know, some of the big events that happened uh, and the reveals. I mean, I, we really got caught up in yeah. the world. But the the thing is... If you take away the legacy, if you could imagine, whatever it is now, 12 years ago, that Pandemic came out, or 14 years ago maybe? If Pandemic had come out with the base rule set of Pandemic Legacy Season 2, where you're not cleaning cubes up, but instead you're putting cubes out and letting them get hit, I don't think Pandemic would have ever been as big a hit. I don't think it had the staying power, um, because the core game of Legacy is an interesting variant, but it's just nowhere near as fun as the true heart of what makes regular Pandemic fun to play. So it come in really low for us, and I'm sure it didn't for you, because I know you love it. I do. And actually, what is interesting about that is there is kind of sort of a pandemic in reverse game called Commission. Oh, wait. Oh, that didn't take off. Yeah. What is that? What's the theme of that? It one? just that had a familiar. Kickstarter recently for expansion. I don't have okay. it up here right. right now. Um, but it's you are spreading Christianity throughout okay, the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. a Christian based game. So that might the theme might be off putting for mm -hmm. some people. Uh, but that's basically what it is. You're putting out cubes. You're trying to build the population up so it's essentially pandemic in reverse yeah. and yeah it's not very popular oh wow well there you go so i guess we have the answer of whether or not it would have taken off well if you need to make some quick changes about your list coming up uh based on <laughs> or no you'll you'll leave it where it is i'm sure you're very happy with it what's your i am extremely what, happy with what's mine. your number eight uh it is an expansion okay. it is the uh state yeah wait we're on oh, number eight. Yes, I'm right? sorry. Did I say number seven? I meant to say number okay. eight. Sorry. My <laughs> no, first you're cube. good. I, I ah. Hey, you have a whole uh, sub channel or sub. Apollo's not. Fl we're flying. You're, we're uh... flying solo. It's just you and me today. The Apollo is oh, not going to save us. Hey. Ah, oh. uh, well, sorry, Apollo. Yep. What is your number eight? Uh, but yeah, but uh, mine is state of emergency. Okay, sure. That 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 tracks. So. Yeah. Since you did not like <laughs> the ones. I do not, but I love the uh, emergency events, which is what oh. puts it a little bit above Rana Cthulhu. Ah, okay. Otherwise, um, what do you think about the Superbug? Eh, take it or yeah. leave it. Obviously. I mean, I put the sticker on the board, but other than that, I don't really play with it too much. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I, I could definitely leave it completely um, because... Uh, what I what I you know what I talk about it's it's very much a uh, pick up and deliver game. Get your vaccine factory going. Okay, let me go get some of the pills. Let me take them over here. Let me take them over there. And I don't. I, it's it just it feels very mundane picking things up and and carrying them around. Being a delivery man, I I don't feel like you know I'm a surgical strike force just getting out and hitting where we need to go and then zipping off into the night. Nope. Uh, 
here, here's your little lozenges, thanks. I'll be back next week. You know, kind of. It, it just it it fails to to really uh, get my heart pumping, unfortunately. But like I said, Jen definitely likes the hinterlands, and I I, I kind of like them too. Although, as you were right to point out, I'm not crazy about the die there, and um and emergency you know emergency events which you like. Again, I could take them or leave them. All right. So makes yeah, sense. it makes sense, particularly. Because that's my number eight as well. And the only reason okay. is because, like I said, my wife really, really loves Hinterlands. And I, I like it too. I, I do like the, you know, the, the, the opening up of the board. So you basically have these effectively teleportation zones, these black holes you can jump into and jump around. I, I, that is nice. It gives the game a different feel, a different velocity, and you know, and different things to focus on and different ways to think about the game without really changing the game, unlike in the lab, as, as you point out. But yeah, um, it, 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 it's nice. I, I like all the stuff in it. I like, uh, if I recall correctly, I like uh, several of the... I'd have to go back and look. I remember liking... I think it was my second favorite for actual roles that come in the game um, as well. Although we haven't really talked, and I didn't, I, that's just very dimly recalling because I did not actually take the time to look up who my favorite roles were or any of that kind of stuff because that would be like a whole other list. But, okay. <laughs> so we have our, um, our second overlap at number eight. Yeah. Um, state of emergency, right? Okay. Yeah, apparently we just needed to uh, go to the ranking of the 11 for official overlaps. I, I think so. I think so. What's your number um, seven? Yeah. Uh, number seven is another expansion. Okay. Uh, it is on the brink, and actually the last expansion, yeah. Okay. So I, it's because of those virulent strain epidemics. I just they changed the game that much for me in a good way. Right. Okay. Just specifically so, for that. Pretty oh. much, that is the main thing I like about it. I don't like the hidden trader me- or the hidden mechanism with the bio terrorist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so you don't literally yet. those. You don't yet. <laughs> True. Or, we haven't played the Rado. You, you might have a friend who might make you change your mind about that. That, that would de- definitely be interesting to hear. I, I, I'm, I'm sure Jen and I are the only people who've ever done this in the world. So I'm really curious if we're just crazy. If it's crazy talk mixing those two things, but um, so yeah, you just didn't like it uh, in general. But is it only because you're not into hidden movement stuff? Oh, no, I normally oh, love really? hidden movement games. Well, okay, then I'm sorry. Then yeah, I just... skip that. Why, why doesn't it work for you? <laughs> it's It seems to be very convoluted as far mm-hmm. as, like, you have to write this down, that down, and then how you have to say it versus, like, letters from Whitechapel, you're just writing down the number that you're moving to. Yeah. Okay. Versus okay. in the... Uh, bioterrorist, you have to write down how you're moving. Okay. And like if it's a direct flight or whatnot. Right, yeah, like more to keep track of. So, yeah. So, logistically, um, there's more, there's literally more paperwork, I guess. Yeah, okay. and apparently I do not like paperwork. Okay. Right. I, 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 I cannot fault you there. That's, I mean, and, and, and certainly you are not alone. It seems like I imagine the bioterrorist should probably make the bottom of most people's lists uh, if they were doing this same That's type what I've of heard. list. Did it come in? Is it literally your bottom? Um, as far as how to play Pandemic, it goes... I mean, if, 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 you, if we had made our list go all the way out to number 22 or whatever, would it be near the bottom of the For the mechanisms, it would be second to the bottom. The team play would be okay, just yeah, below it. Okay, yeah, the two it. oddball... Yep. The two non-co-op ways are the two bottoms for you. All right. Okay. Like I said, you're, you're yeah. certainly not alone. I cannot blame you. So your number seven is um, on the brink. My number seven 
and I already said why, and it breaks my heart, but um, Rising Tide is has some of the coolest ideas, some of the strongest thematic ties, and all of it is ruined by that damn board. I, I just... I, I, it, it, it just gives me shivers to think of going back and trying to parse it again. And I'm amazed that it, you can do it without a second thought. And maybe it's just because you played it more than me and Z, you know, when it boils right down to it. You know, maybe you just get like, you get over a certain hump once you've got it and you can just read the board, um, you know, in a more naturalistic way. But for me, it was just so frustrating. There's a, there was actually a few people on Board Game Geek who said, look, it could have looked like this. And they just literally made up their own version of the board where they put the dots over the top and got rid of the lines. I'm like... Oh, that just looks so immediately playable and inviting. Why couldn't we have had that so I know exactly where to put the dikes? They go on these lines. They don't even have to be the little sticks. They could just be little, um, you know, I, I won't go into what they could be because that would be spoilers <laughs> for a pandemic legacy. But um, yeah, it's, I, I love all the ideas there. I mean, obviously several of those ideas made it in my top 10 mechanisms, but the that board's playability was just, just, just ruined the whole experience for us. I still have it. I would still happily play it, but I would go in with trepidation. And plus, you know, it's exacerbated too, as you said, by the fact that um, those, the, 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 I mean, I, I, it's great that they're using all the proper Danish names for all these, but they are very hard for non, for, in, for native English speakers. Oh, and then there's one other thing that really drives me nuts about it too. And this one actually, I forgot to mention, drives me nuts about Pandemic Season 2 as well. I cannot stand, Lizzie, the idea of cities having multiple cards in the uh, infection deck. That drives me batty bonkers. Um, oh. Because it adds to me, it feels like, I mean, there's always, there's always an element of memory to Pandemic. Because, you know, when, when you eventually yeah. reshuffle and put the deck back on top of the main deck, okay, well, wait, did we get to Chicago yet? Or had we not? Is Chicago coming? And, um, you know, so it's always a little bit of that. But when there are suddenly three Chicagos, and, right, I think there's two Chicagos. So have both of the two Chicago? Are we having three? It's, it's just too much. And that combined with the fact that they were very hard names to even recognize. And now I have to remember, right, was there one or two Fergen Smorgendurgens? Ah! I, it, it was just too much for us. So that's why, I mean, the mechanisms yeah. are fantastic. It should have made it much higher to the list, but it comes in fairly low because for playability issues for me. I can understand mm -hmm. that. For me, I, with us labeling them, I can just remember it's, you know, green three is in there twice. That's right. So for you, it was a big enough deal that you decided, okay, fine, we're just going to relabel everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, no offense to the Danish culture or anything. I'm just... Oh, I felt so embarrassed. <laughs> horrible with pronunciation. It was, it was so embarrassed filming a video for that because I knew I was horribly mangling every single word. And the game doesn't come with pronunciation guides, so I had no idea. Um, but yeah, it's a great game, just not my favorite. I mean, these are all great games. I'd happily play Reign of Cthulhu at the bottom of my list, too. Oh. I mean, none of these are bad. Yeah. It's just we have to... Do a countdown. So that's why Rising Tide came in at number uh, seven for me. Um, what was your number six? Uh, it is probably the most beautiful, in ah, my opinion, yeah. I, as far as all yeah. of the spinoffs go. Mm -hmm. Iberia. Why? Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, Train Tracks made your top ten. It did. Well, so did a lot of stuff from Brady Cthulhu. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, historical diseases, too. Yeah, come in. So, yeah. why not higher? It's, it felt very much the same to base pandemic. Mm. There were just small twists to it. So it feels very similar okay. to okay. me. And if I want to play pandemic, 
generally I'll go with base pandemic. My friends in New York love Iberia, mm. and so they will always choose Iberia. So I still love to play it. It's just, I don't know. I just, I like when I have the pure pandemic feel to go more with the more pure pandemic game. But I still love what it added. That is interesting. It's hard to explain why it's here instead of elsewhere. No, that is interesting. Um, I guess of the, of the spinoffs, it is the one that could have been most easily saying, hey, look, here's, let's just make this an expansion. You know, I mean, so much of that stuff, you know, giving special powers to the diseases, cubes that move towards um, research stations instead of hospitals. I mean, really, I mean, the, the biggest change for it is the rails. And, I mean, I, I can't imagine using yeah. rails in a regular pandemic. They're just, you know, point because you can fly around. And so that would be like, oh, there's a worldwide flight ban, so we have to build tracks instead. That would be kind of interesting. And submarine or cruise line tracks? I don't know. Um, but no, that's, that's, that's fair enough. That really hard. Yeah. It gets back to what you were talking about earlier. There's kind of like this kind of like psychological barrier for you that, am I playing a, a totally new thing or am I playing an expansion? And you kind of judge them based off of that. And then this one kind of, yeah. it, like in the lab, gets too close to that center line. Well, pick a lane. Be one thing or the other. <laughs> Almost, yeah. It's, it's really hard to explain explain that it's just it's pandemic but it's not pandemic but it's close to it okay okay um my number six is on the brink the expansion um of course the biggest thing about on the brink is as we talked about hey let's bring in lots of random stuff random stuff for the purple cubes and random stuff for which are nice it's really cool to have a fifth disease and, and random stuff for i forget which was the one is it the mutations i think that go I, I don't remember. Or no, is, no the mutations I are the I get the cubes, on the brink end. Yeah. Yeah, they're the fifth mutation. Uh, I, I don't really play with them too often, so I always forget what yeah. they're called. Um, whichever ones they are. I mean, at, mainly, honestly, it comes in this high. Well, one, because I, I really, we really dug that. Bi- using the bioterrorists in combination with the solo game, creating basically a completely new game, that helped a lot. And also... Um, I think On the Brink is really important. And I said earlier I wasn't going to talk about this much, but I do think probably of everything outside of the base game, On the Brink has the best collection of roles, new characters to play, because for the most part they're all very... They're universally interesting and useful, whereas for a lot of the expansions and the spin-offs, a lot of the characters... I mean, that's not all true across the board. A lot of the characters are like, well, yeah, this is one that is specifically here to use this one specific mechanism that would never exist anywhere else. Like the person who's really good at laying track or building dikes or something like that. And that's yeah. fine, but that's nowhere near as cool as like the Dispatcher. Uh, um, you know, which I believe came in on the brink. I believe Dispatcher was not an original, but that is such, it's one of my favorite characters of all time. And I think on the brink, because they were just trying to make a bunch more characters that did a lot of really interesting stuff. I mean, that's where the generalist is, uh, another favorite of mine. So I, I think on the whole, plus, you know, it's the first one that came out and, you know, so it's the first expansion, probably most people experience. It's probably, I would say it's the best expansion you know, regardless of whether it's the best one or not, it's the best one to be the next thing you play. If you, hey, we really like Pandemic, what should we try next? It probably should be on the brink because it's so easy just to put that stuff in the game if you ignore the hidden movement bioterrorist thing. Um, so that's why that's why it comes in, and I think you've already uh, hit it. So that's it for on the brink. Unless you have, unless I've changed your mind, but I assume probably not. No, unfortunately, there's anyway. not enough. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well then, what do you okay. have for number five? 
Uh, it is Paula Brown. <gasps> yeah. I'm very surprised by that. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Okay. Okay. Um, so I ranked them kind of more on like the experience they yeah. provide, which is obviously all of the legacies are still to sure. come out. Yes. So, uh, but Fall of Rome, it's still, I, uh, have found that I kind of have my own variant. Go on. I, uh, gave the, uh, each of the barbarians certain powers. Uh-huh. So, like, if you lose a fight with the black ones, which I forget what they're actually called, but they will actually move one space closer to Rome. Really? Okay. Yeah, and then some of them, if you lose a fight, they'll actually flee away, which is both good and bad. What, will they, will they go back on their magic path, or will safer? they jump paths to something else? Or Yeah, they'll jump to something oh, else, which makes it even harder to track them down. Uh-huh. So... I mean, I just have them written down. It's just, I looked up histories of each of the different barbarians, and I tried to make it somewhat thematic for what they were used to back in the day. What they were known for, what their battle tactics were or whatever. Wow. Which I'd have to redo that research because I lost my notes for why I have the mechanisms the way they are. I was going to say, have you posted this on BoardGameGeek, and it sounds like not. It's not ready for prime time? I mean, I might have shared a picture of it places but just of what i do with the armies well here's the deal you are the queen of pandemic and you are the one and if matt leacock didn't know it before he knows it now so maybe he's looking for a quick easy maybe you know if if, if they're if one of those spinoffs were to get an expansion yeah uh, matt leacock get cool. in contact i mean those are just from what you said those sound like very cool ideas i have to say wow well i'll send you a picture okay, later okay Wow. So that way you can try them out and let me know right. what you think. So you like the game so much, so your arc is coming up with variants, and yet it still came in at your number five. Okay. All right. Yes. So you guys <laughs> like the other things even more. My number five is Iberia. Um, and I really like Iberia a lot. Like you said, it is arguably the prettiest of all the pandemics. It is gorgeous to look at. It's got a lot of really cool stuff. You know, I talked about Shogoths and how I really like them moving around the world. I really like the uh, patients, um, you know, trying to get... I I think that's wonderful as well. Um, And, well, like, uh, like, what was it? Um, Rising Tide, I did have a bit of a hard time with the uh, names of some things, but it wasn't quite as, as bad. My wife had a really hard time reading the board, as I understand. She had a hard time reading the names because they were in like a really fancy font. So she kind of struggled with that a little bit, mm. but that's just like, those are like minor nitpicks. Overall, it is a great game. And honestly, it came in where it did because every time I think about it, I think of, right, we're going to spend the whole first half of the game making, just laying track like crazy. And um, you have made me rethink that. So Iberia, because there's a lot of really good stuff in it that I really like. I love the historical diseases and um, and uh, all of that. So I might change my tune if we do this again in five years. Uh, the next time I try it, I will definitely try to break my bad rail-laying habit. Definitely. But for now, Iberia sits at number five. What's your number four? Uh, it is season one. Season one. Wow. Yes. Okay. I... I just, I loved the different story that came into it and what it added. It didn't really add too much that we hadn't already seen. Mm-hmm. And then it did add a little bit. It's hard to talk about it without yes, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I really liked the overall arching story and how it felt like home. But 
you had visitors over. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it. Yep. I don't know how to explain it non-spoilery yeah. other than that. So, I mean, actually, I mean, I don't think there's much to say. I mean, you like everything about it. I'm more interested in why it didn't come in at, like, number one. Because you've still got, what, three more things to go. This is your number four, right? Yeah. Yes. So, um, right. So, the first Pandemic Legacy comes in at your number four. And so, I will cross-examine you when we get to, why do you like that better than one? All righty. My number four is in the lab. <laughs> Uh, which obviously came in way later for you. I love that lab. Uh, it, it does give me a bit of pause. It's a bit um, intimidating because just because it's so big and it does change the game. And so you're perfectly right to have your issues with it. That it's is it even pandemic anymore, or is it a pandemic flavored other game that we're suddenly playing now? But still, I think that's really cool. And I really do. While I agree with you, I do think the Fall of Rome solo is superior. I do really dig the CDC solo mode as well. I do think that's a lot of fun. Ultimately, if I had my druthers, I would always prefer a solo mode where I'm really controlling one person and I feel like I'm that person, as opposed to the Fall of Rome, where, no, I, I, I am three people and I'm a general giving those people orders. It's fine. They did it really well with the, you know, the combined hand of cards and all that. But I, I do really enjoy the CDC as well, in spite of the fact, you know, in addition to the fact that I made it part of my weird um, two-player dueling variant. So it came in at number four for me. What's your number three? Uh, it is season zero. Season zero. Okay, which, you, which full disclosure, uh, you haven't finished yet. I have not. No, I have not. So this is putting it where I believe it will be and how I'm enjoying it at the okay. moment. So I am obviously loving the experience. Um. <laughs> We can talk about what's in the introductory Yeah, I think so. I think you know, you, we can talk about what people yeah. would know if they read the back of the box kind of a thing, you know, or read the rule book. Okay. I think that's fine. Yeah, so I, I really like that after you create the, um, your, what they're called, your secret enforcers, they can go around and start the stooping teams. up. They are called teams. Yes, your, your teams. Yes. Which is a weird title. I mean, you expect it to be something else. It's an easy word to forget. But yeah, they're called teams. Not even strike teams, yeah, just see, teams. See, and now you are proving your knowledge. Oh, yeah, well, it's kind of fresh in my mind. I did go and make a whole variant and posted it and all that and got approved by by uh, Matt Leacock for it. So there is that. Yeah, which I watched your video and I cannot wait to get to the spoiler that is in your <sighs> video because that seems like such a cool that mechanism. That is really weird that you, you're, 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 not, you're not a spoiler-averse person. You're, you're, you're instead like, hey, bring yeah. them on. That just gets me more excited for what's coming kind of a thing. Exactly. Like, I want to experience that okay. so much. I just... I know what you're talking about. I just want but... to experience it, yes. <laughs> and people who have played it or watched your video mm -hmm. know... But yeah, it's just, I just, I'm really enjoying just the twist that it provides and the little help that our friends provide yeah. with the teams. Yep. I, I do think it's really cool. Um, and by the way, I should have said, we're on number three, right? My number yes. three was also Legacy Season Zero. So. Oh, hey. We're, we're, yeah, we are, we are totally <laughs> mind-melding here. Um, yes. I'm really impressed by it. And I, 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 there are a lot of things that come. Uh, how far are you? Are you halfway through, a third of the way through, near the end? What? We've gotten the prologue. Oh, oh, wow. So you haven't seen, other than the fact that you know everything, because you watched my, hey, here's how to turn all this stuff into ongoing gameplay, so you know everything. But still, I won't talk about anything other than the base game, other than basically what the prologue is, um, which, of course, is running on screen right now. I do love the idea of teams, and, um, oh, and uh, your, your passport, 
The, you know, the way character yeah. creation is handled in this game is absolutely awesome. And it just keeps getting better and better throughout the game. That's really exciting. And then there are a couple of mechanisms that are surprises that pop up later that probably would have made it into my top ten easily. There's one mechanism, I won't say what it is, but it's so simple. It's such a tiny little easy thing. You know, you could describe all the rules for it in, in a paragraph, and yet it's one of, the favorite th- one of my favorite things I've ever seen. It's a new way for the world to kind of feel like like it's acting on its own, and you're having to deal with it. Um, you know, in, in addition to all the regular stuff you do with, with cube spreading and all of that. So there's a lot of really cool ideas. My biggest issue with it is, it was even easier than Season 2. Jen and I played all 12 months. We never lost once. Um, and it oh. drives me batty that... I don't understand why these games don't just come with an extra equivalent, you know, thematic equivalent of the Epidemic card. So we can say, hey, how about we just have six Epidemic cards in the deck... Um, so we can increase the difficulty like we do. I mean, there's just no reason not to do it. But they, for all three, for um, season one, I think we lost twice in the whole 12 uh, chapters. Season two, we only lost once. And then season zero, we never lost at all. And there are things you can do. And, you know, I, we did things that, we, that felt so overpowered. Certain ways you could advance your characters and get special powers and stuff like that. And we're like, I actually wrote... Um, Matt Leacock, and said, was this right? Could we actually do this? He said, yep, that's a really good combo, especially in two-player. I'm like, okay, that pretty much won us half the games without even breaking a sweat. Um, Do you play these solo or two-player or with more people, um, you know, long distance? Um, We, my friends, there's two friends in New York, so we generally will play three Mm -hmm. players, and then if there's a four-player legacy game, we generally will have a fourth player that we all control. Oh, I see. Okay, so you are emulating a four-player game, right. Most of the time. Sometimes it's just a three-player game. But... I honestly think that makes all of the Legacy yeah. games better. If you are the type of player who's ready and willing to do it, um, because... I mean, well, that's a, that's the case. Pandemic is always easier. Just regular vanilla Pandemic is easier as two-player than it is at four. And so, I mean, that's why Jen and I, we always play it with at least one difficulty level bumped up. And you couldn't do that with any of the Legacies. They simply didn't include... Just like one extra card, that's all it needed with a little set in the rules saying, if you're looking for more of a challenge, just break your deck down into six piles when you're setting up instead of five. And it just drives me nuts. But in spite of that, in spite of our disappointment with just how we pretty much cakewalked through the whole thing, it was still, it was a great storytelling, a lot of really cool moments, a lot of really wonderful mechanisms that we really enjoyed. And uh, we've actually played through Legacy 1 twice. Played it all the way through from start to finish. Yeah. Two separate copies. And I would I would happily do this with Same. Zero as well. I've considered buying another copy because I have played Legacy 1 two times. I have played Legacy 2 once, and I'm still waiting on my friends in New York to finish the second okay. time. And then we've started Season 0, but how long it's taking us to get through Season 2, I am kind of wanting to play. Oh, I see. So. Yeah, I just get one going on the side. And just not tell them. They're not going to watch this video. It's fine. They'll not know. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'll, they'll watch it, but I won't tell them spoilers because they are very spoiler adverse. Okay, yes. Very good. Very good. Well, we've been pretty good so, so. far, I think, avoiding spoilers. I've been trying. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, another Can overlap, Legacy Season Zero, uh, both of our number threes. What's your number two? Yes. Uh, it's actually Rising Tide. Rising Tide. Okay. Yep. Yes, I adore it. I just, I love what it adds. I love the complexity that it adds. For me, having the three cards in the deck, you're never quite sure. So it's never a full solved puzzle, Mm -hmm. which that's something that I love about it. And then 
where you decide to take the dike from, that is so impactful. Because if you remove the dikes from the border of two different areas, so if you remove it from this one, it won't be able to protect the one over yeah. here. And if that one, if that was the only one protecting that one, you might have to place a water droplet yep. over there in a future card pull. So as I find how you have to pull them off really integral to the gameplay. I completely agree. And you know what? This would rank super high for me too if it weren't for my, you know, um, pre-spoken issues with it. But yeah, I mean, the, the the interconnectivity between everything. You know, I mean, that's all that is a hallmark of pandemic that oh, yeah, these cubes can explode and then, you know, bleach out to others and you, and you know, while it's terrible, it's also very exciting. And it's just cool and fun to have a chain reaction of explosions, and it almost feels like rising tide. It's like, yo, we we kind of built the whole game around that. This idea of things leaking, or, you know, flooding into other areas and getting cascades of system failures if you can't stay on top of everything, and it is absolutely brilliant. And I just wish the board had been done differently. Cuz that's what keeps it um, from maybe my number two or number three because it is a brilliant design. Um, right. Well, my number two okay. is Fall of Rome, which I was shocked. Oh. And I mean, I'm shocked it's so high for me because so it does have such a high quotient of rolled resolve dice combat. But like I said earlier, it's so good, I'll allow it. I, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I can live with it just because it's, it's so compelling. But I think it didn't really come up much. Uh, and everything we've talked about now, but I think, or actually did come up, you were just talking about a variant you're making for yourself. I love the migration patterns. That's another thing I really, really love about the game. Uh, It almost made it into my top 10, but then I had Shogoth, which was like a different version of, hey, there's things in the world that move on their own that you have to anticipate. But, you know, the the way that, oh, the cube, oh, they want to be over here, but no, they can't because they haven't made a supply line. They got to, you know, trace from where they started, come over, oh, that's where you are. And they're getting closer and closer. And, you know, such a smart element of the game is, okay, don't fight at the tip. You know, cut the supply line in the middle, and then suddenly, you know, the next time a black cube comes out, it's not going to advance anymore. And so you don't have to waste your time going all the way down there. You can just cut them off right here without having to, you know, spending less time traveling. Stuff like that. And and then just leave behind a legionnaire, just a single, just so that, um, you know, that will stay. And, you know, that level of control you get is so brilliant. And it's a different version of what you were talking about with the water. You know, the water has a mind of its own. It, you know, it follows gravity. It spreads on its own. You have to control it. And the migration patterns for the uh, for the barbarian tribes is pretty much the same thing. And I absolutely love it. And then on top of that, as you said, I really do love the um, you know uh, the variable objective uh, type thing. I, I think there are some very very cool. Uh, roles as well. I barely had some really good roles too. Now that I think about it, uh, it's kind of coming back. Yeah, to I liked the mythic one or the yeah the mystic, the mystic one. Uh, who can kind of see the future. The one that could get the events. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the ones he could future. That one was really. I liked yeah. that one. So I mean, yeah, it's it's my number two. I absolutely adore it. Uh, I, I do think it's the best. You you liked I. I like I said, I could have seen a world where Rising Tides would have been my favorite of them as well. But and and but it's it's to me it's an amazing accomplishment that Fall of Rome. I love it so much in spite of and maybe even a little bit even because of the dice rolling in the game too. So, oh, right. well, because of is surprising. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it's very rare that we have to do a, a strength check or a agility test, and roll the dice, and okay, well, you succeeded. That's pretty much how it always feels. But like I said, I have literally, yeah, um, in playing oh. this game, and that's pretty rare. But the only one I can think of off the top of my head that does that is Space Hulk Death Angel, which is a which is a roll-a-thon like crazy, and yet I love it because, uh, because the 
because the stakes are always so high with the roles. I mean, there's no role in that game where you're like, ah, well, okay, I succeeded or I failed. Eh, whatever. I mean, you really care about everything in that game. Um, so, so anyway, through process elimination, I believe yes. your number one is actually number two. Yes, uh, it is. Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Why does it come in at the tippity-tippity-top? When it, for me, it was, uh, was mine literally at the bottom, though, it was my number, uh, my number nine. Jeez. It was very low down yeah. there, which was hurtful. <laughs> I was in pain. I just, I really like... Change my mind. Uh, it might not, because I didn't think that I liked Pick Up and Deliver until you kept talking about how it's so much Pick Up and Deliver, because I like... Wow putting the cubes out there in anticipation of those supplies being needed. So I I really like knowing, okay, I know that there are three cards in this deck, so I really want to have three cubes over here. However, I can't because our supplies are limited. And then I really like exploring the world. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. The fact that at the beginning of the game, most of the board is literally just blank, empty space. And the game comes with ginormous stickers as you will slowly i mean that game it has a stronger sense of exploration it's the only pandemic that actually has a sense of exploration yeah which i that love is a good point. exploration is one of my favorite themes yeah. of all time mm-hmm. so i think that might be why it pushes it so far up because there was that and then there was um the way the connections work okay yeah yeah with that without and how they're built yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i just i really like that yep you're you're listing things that i really like too but I did, yeah, the pick up and deliver got a little old. And then, yeah, it, it just, and like I said, I mean, when, when we could actually finish a game and, and you know, I mean, by like, like round two or three, um, it was just be, because because we would stack a certain number of things on Jen's character. So one of the, you know, this is a game like all the legacy games feature variable objectives. I meant, we've talked about that before, love that. But so many of the objectives were just so easy. And I think it is more than anything else because we played as a two-player game. And I suspect if you hadn't played it as a faux four-player, you might have found yourself just a little bit more sleepwalking through it too. Quite possibly because, I mean, I think October was the last month we did and it took us three hours to play it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's been some pretty long, intense sessions. Although it is remotely, which adds... Oh like yeah, of course. Half an hour yeah. to an hour, yeah, yeah. so I mean there is that, but it's yeah, it's been very intense. So we haven't had the set it up and pretty much win yet. Yeah. Maybe we're just playing sub. I don't expect so. that's the case if you're on the team, quite frankly. Unless the rest of the team simply won't listen to you, perhaps. But maybe, yeah. maybe that's it. So if we lose, it's not I my thought, fault. I, I, anytime you've lost in pandemic, it would never be your fault because you are the one. You can see the code. Actually, I only have a 70% win rate, according to Board Game Geek stats. Okay. That's uh, that's pretty good. Um, what, what, so... Do you generate... And I think I asked you this earlier. Do you bump your difficulty up, or do you just stay at the medium, or...? Uh, it's the Z Garcia variant with the 5 Iron Strain, 5 Epidemics. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 5 Why do none of the legacies offer that? Seabets. Why? 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 I don't know, right? And Leacock just adamantly opposed to putting one more card in the deck. Maybe because it was already super hard for most people, and they're not superstars like yeah. Jen. Yeah, well, and it, that is true. I mean, I, I appreciate the, the situation they're in, because it's got to be tough. These are really mass markety type games. They're really pushed to a wide audience, and, and I, I, it makes sense that they kind of um, you know, go for a kind of a lowest common denominator, make sure everybody can have a good time. But that's what I'm just saying. 
you know, I mean, there were times I kept expecting in most of the games, sooner or later, wow, if we keep winning, it's going to say, if you've won the last four games in a row, open this box, and all we would find in there is two more Epidemic cards. Right. Start doing six or sevens, you know, because they do the opposite. If you lose a lot, all of the games will say, oh, if you really lost a lot, if it's really going bad for you, open this box, it'll give you a boost. And it really is just weird there wasn't an equivalent, oh, do you get, can you just not stop winning? Here, let us tear you down a little bit. I mean, and something like that would have really jet, uh, boosted all of them up. But in spite of that, yeah. um, you know what my number one is, and it is number one, Pandemic Season 1. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, the interesting thing is, Pandemic Season 1, if I, uh, you know, well, one, we did have a harder time with it. it. It was the most challenging of the three, but it was the most emotionally engaging. I mean, I, we will forever remember Mumbai. And what happened in our playthrough, and you know, you know what happened to that city as a consequences of the choices we made, um, and how the world evolved, and um, you know, I mean, heck, when I when I did my top ten about it, I cried on camera, and Jen was crying off camera as we were forced to revisit, um, you know, in the spoiler section, some of the of the events we had, and and I I can never ever uh, forget that, and I'll always be grateful to Matt and. Um, and Davio, and everybody else who worked on it for giving us uh, such a wonderful gift. And so, uh, the other thing too, it is the closest to regular Pandemic. Um, you know, but, you know, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 is practically not Pandemic. It is almost a different game that, you know, you can imagine, oh, this is, this, this came from a completely different designer and then they heard about, oh, what's this Pandemic thing? Okay, let me see if I can just make a few tweaks to make it kind of fit Pandemic. Um, and, uh, you know, Zero is somewhere in between the two. But Legacy, which, you know, it comes with regular Pandemic right out of the box. And now that i finished it, it's still my, ver if I were going to play some On the Brink, I would get out my um, Season 1 board and play on that because I've got a customized board that is different from everybody else's. It just has, you know, the scars of what happened to the world. Um, and, but yeah, the, the emotional roller coaster it took us on, it was our first legacy game. So it's, you know, there's obviously a nostalgia factor, but it is the closest to regular pandemic and it is the best in large part because of that. And I won't talk about all the cool twists and the extra, I mean, several of the mechanisms in season one would have made my top 10 as well. I'm not going to talk about them, obviously. Um, and some of them would not have. I mean, some if you know Season 1, you've already heard me complain vociferously about some other stuff. And uh, it was definitely in Season 1 as well. But on the whole, just as such an amazing experience. I'd never get rid of it. And I'm happy to continue playing it. And I don't understand, why isn't it your number one? Uh, I just like everything else more. It To me, I have never replayed... It with the, like I've never okay. played Pandemic with the yeah. board, so I wonder if that would change mm -hmm. it. I do have because I have two versions. I have one hanging on my wall, but I still have the other one in the box. Okay. So I could play it. So I'm just I'm going to have to give that a try. It I mean, it's, I just, it's basically I, it's an alternate way to increase the difficulty because without going into spoilers, you 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 remember what your board looks like, and you know, uh, yes. and it, it is it's effectively a minefield. It's it's it's, it's a very very different world you have to navigate than a normal pandemic board, and it's just it's more challenging. It and and but it's so cool that that challenge comes because of the choices you made, and it's the world that you made. You and Matt Leacock and Rob Davio sat down and designed a customized board that only you have. Why wouldn't you want to play um, on the brink, uh, you know, with that board? It's just great. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a try probably today. Right. Okay, well, I would imagine, yes, you yeah. probably got some pandemic on the brain. But I think that's it. Have we done it? Yes. We've done our top 
mechanics, and we've done our we've rankings. We've done it. We've so. made it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. And we are at two hours <laughs> even, Steven, give or take. Wow. Okay. Wow. So the people who are still sticking around are real troopers. Uh, yes, they are. Or they just skip to the end because, as folks know, you can just go down to the show notes, and there's links to everything. But, um, yeah, that was a great list. Yeah. And um, I am still blown away by the fact that you could just literally, off the top of your head, list those various, um, uh, you know, special powers from all those different expansions. You truly are. You um, you are one with Pandemic. You are the queen of Pandemic. There you go. There we go. And... Um, yeah, and I'm really curious. If uh, I don't normally tell people to post comments. I, I always feels kind of like a cringy almost. Hey, be sure to like and subscribe and leave comments. But I would definitely love to hear other people's thoughts about, you know, how they rank the 11 we just did and I you know um because I mean because I just love Pandemic 2 and I just love talking about it and you were the person I had to talk to. Uh and thank you for making 2 hours today. So, well, thank you. I'm I'm up all night, so you're the one that has less time than I yep. do. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and yeah. I mean, you should actually still be. You should only be just me now waking up, if I recall correctly. But you had to get up earlier because your friends told you, you gotta. We're doing your auto call. Quick, get ready two hours early or something like that. Yeah, they uh, they just recently started using military time. Oh, I see. And oh, so they get the... five o'clock, fifteen hundred. So they they mixed it up. They so, said, oh, can you accept? Oh. Yeah. Oh, sillies. All right, well. Yeah, but I've been on military time because third shift, you never know what time it is when you wake yeah, up. Exactly. Um, so I mentioned this briefly uh, throughout and up front. So you and a couple of friends, let's give shout outs to everybody, have a channel called Long Distance Gamers. Uh, there's a link for it down yes. the show notes. You can hit that eye up in the top right corner of the screen. And I, I talked about it a little bit, but you know, what, what is your goal? Why, why are you doing Long Distance Gamers? Tell me about it. Um, well, we just want to help people play remotely uh when the pandemic started a lot of people were trying to figure it mm -hmm. out and at that point my friends and i had already been playing for five years like this so we were able to help people learn how to play give people advice some people want to experience on their own which is perfectly okay mm -hmm. and then they could also benefit possibly from a review from a remote player's expected right. perspective mm -hmm. sorry uh so we just we started twittering and mighty boards actually was like hey why don't you do long form blogs of this? We started doing that. And then we had wanted to do videos, but we're really nervous about the whole editing <laughs> yeah. of it. So that put us off until the beginning of this year, actually. But basically we just want to help people play, enjoy games, whether they're temporarily in quarantine or if they are separated states away and still want to enjoy a game with their friend or family. Yep. And the crux of what you guys teach I know you have terms for it, but the basic idea is there's like a lead player who is the one who has the game, who has the board. And so your instructional videos are all about, right, if, if you're this player, this is what you have to do. If you're the player on the receiving end because you don't have a copy in your, this is what you need to be able to do to keep track because it's assuming everybody, you, you know, the lead player has a camera pointing at the board. And I mean, you know, here's the, sh like, you were talking about a bit how you, when you play, you have uh, short terms, you know, you, know, you have, uh, you know, to, to make communication faster, uh, like you did with Rising Tides, because nobody remembers those names. So here's how we refer to it. So to <laughs> yeah. accentuate, um, you know, the communication and make it more like everybody's at the same table, right? That's a big focus on what you guys do as well. Yep, pretty much. And actually, uh, you're the one that made it so that we call the side with a copy the running side. Oh, no. <laughs> we used to call it the remote. Yep. And before that, we used to call it uh, remote and random. And then random and non-random 
So it's actually gone non-random is now the remote side. Right. They're the side that may okay. or may not have so a copy. So there's the runner and, and the, the remote. running side. So the important thing is yeah, that it's all alliteration and it's all ours all the time. And you've, you've finally landed exactly. on the ones you like. That's cool. I did not know that. Awesome. Yeah. So we own credit to you. Wow. Um, well, I, and uh, and we all owe credit to you for our 10th anniversary editions of Pandemics getting our nice little stickers. Which, uh, folks, if you haven't gotten one yet, um, you know, uh, contact. Actually, no, I, I've got, there's a there's a thread on BoardGameGeek that I started telling people how to do it. Or no, no, it's on my other video. Yeah, it's on my other video. Uh, there's notes about how you can get them. You can see, even though Asmodee and Z-Man have kind of switched it, there are still places you can contact to get those if you've got a 10th anniversary and you want the fixer sticker that we all owe to Elizabeth, to Lizzie. And uh, that's it. Two hours in, and there is nothing more to say about pandemic, period. It's all been covered now. Well, I mean, we could probably keep going if you want. <laughs> we, we could rank all the pandemics, even the ones that aren't really pandemic. I, I have never played Contagion. Yeah, you're not missing really, much. Really, really. I mean, I, as I understand, it, it, is, it is literally, it was a completely different game. And they said, hey, look, we can put the pandemic name on it. I think it was never designed to be a pandemic game. But okay, so that one aside, I'm curious. Yeah. How do you feel about um, Cure and Rapid Response? Uh, the cure is above in the lab, oh. and rapid response is my least favorite game yeah. um, of it. I don't like real time. Okay, though, so it's, it has nothing so to do with it, the game. It's just you know it's not your thing. I think rapid response is actually yeah. very good. My wife and I do like real time, and the cure is fine. It's a great travel game. Is really, really is because the whole thing just goes into the mm-hmm. bag. You can put those those plastic rings, and you can just you know bust out. I think I did at one point put it in my top ten restaurant games. Because, you know, everything goes in pegs, so oh. things don't get knocked around very much. But it's kind of like Cthulhu. It'd be in the same range, because it is... It's great that it's quick, but it is so much easier and simpler, and there's just not quite enough. And I thought maybe... What was it? The emergency... Something. There was, it had an expansion that had the word emergency in it. If I uh, yeah, experimental Ex- meds. Experimental meds, that's it. I finally got that, and like, okay, this adds more, but it just kind of slows it down. Um, and so it really didn't uh, work for us either, which is why, I mean... I, yeah. And I, I think at this point, literally, the only thing we could still talk about would be busting out all the spoilers on um, legacy mechanics, uh, which... Yeah, or ranking all the characters. Yeah. And, and, oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. thought of yet. So, okay, I take it back. We've only scratched the surface. There is still so much more <laughs> pandemic. And perhaps, we'll, uh, folks, you'll be able to see Lizzie on the channel again, and we will dig <laughs> even deeper. And uh, otherwise, though, thank you, as always, very much for watching. Have a very nice day. Let's say goodbye. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Okay. And now now the terrifying thing, stop recording.